we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus, tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post pay per view roundtables dating back to late 2004 also access to our full archives thousands of podcasts over 1500 back issues of the pro wrestling torch weekly newsletter that started it all add free access to our website and more check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com that's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign up form it's mobile friendly desktop friendly in two minutes you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Ten years ago this week, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joined me on the flagship, and we talked for an hour and a half about current events of professional wrestling, including the fallout from WWE Hell in a Cell on Raw the night before, the big walkout angle with Triple H. We spent a lot of time analyzing that 
and, and much more with live calls and interactive emails and chat room topics. And then in the previously VIP exclusive after show, we debated whether Bobby Roode was a good top star pick for TNA going forward. Uh, of course, Bobby Roode's still active in WWE with Dolph Ziggler. Ten years ago, TNA was investing heavily in him as a centerpiece star. Also, is Hurricane Helms' charity event in bad taste? I made my case in terms of why I had the issue with how the fundraising was being presented and handled and promoted and why. So that comes up uh, near the end of the program. And uh, and much more. Yeah, so uh, check it out. This aired originally on October 4th, 2011. Jason Powell joining me on the flagship. If, by the way, Jason joined me two, for two episodes of the Wade Keller Processing Podcast this week. We talked for so long on Tuesday. We split it into two separate shows. The first covering a ton on the WWE draft this past weekend and some other current events uh, focused on AEW and Impact. And that, and that was on Tuesday night. And then Wednesday night, we dropped the mailbag portion of the show along with our analysis of Roads to the Top. So a real wide variety of topics in that mailbag. So check out those current event shows if you haven't yet. And then this is the third day in a row of Jason Powell, but this one a 10 years ago flashback. So here we go. Welcome to the PW Torch Livecast. I am Pro Wrestling Torch Newsletter Editor Wade Keller. It is Tuesday, October 4th, 2011, and I'm joined today, as almost always on Tuesdays, by Jason Powell of the website ProWrestling.net. Jason, how's it going today? Going well. Still trying to wrap my head around the uh, finish of last night's Raw. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I kind of had different feelings today about it than I did last night. I, I'm not quite... 100% sure that I have a clear thumbs up or thumbs down as far as the angle goes. Um, so much of what WWE does these days, Jason, is about follow-up. You know, so much of it is about does this turn into something that makes sense later. Um, to me, it seemed, I mean, it's a good conversation piece. It's a good, you know, trying to boost ratings headed into yet another pay-per-view, although by doing this big angle and not talking about vengeance, they limited themselves to now only two weeks to set up vengeance um, starting next week, assuming they get around to it. But it seemed like the baby faces were not seeing what everybody at home was seeing, which is there's a conspiracy that somebody else is doing things wrong. And I guess the theory is they think, again, if you buy in, and you have kind of to buy into the whole concept that things are worse than they used to be, which they kind of undercut with the example about, NX, or the, about the, uh, the Nexus NXT group and Wade Barrett jumping, jumping everybody a year ago. You have to kind of buy into the idea that Triple H should be able to control things better than he is. And even if someone's trying to sabotage him, he needs to do a better job offsetting that. And thus, everybody has a vote of no confidence in him, including Jim Ross. I mean, to me, it's a stretch storyline-wise. This seems like this needed maybe three more months or two more months of things, chaos and things going wrong. It almost seems like this angle was kind of, they, they rushed into this moment. It didn't seem like the evidence was there for me to accept how everybody reacted. Yeah, well, before I get going, Wade, get the chat room rolling. And you know, as far as the angle is concerned, I, boy, I mean, here's the things I thought That's they okay. accomplished. They managed to get people to care about Triple H and whether or not he keeps this job, because I really don't think the average fan was 
you know, really concerned about whether he is still CEO until last night. And it, it provided a cliffhanger for next week. I don't think anyone expects us to play out on SmackDown in a meaningful way. I'm guessing they'll just, for one night only, Teddy Long's back in charge of the show completely, and Triple H has stepped aside for the time being, something like that. Yeah. Um, but I, those are the only positives I can find. I, I felt like they made everyone else... Oh, yeah, all, the, all of the babyface personalities, the divas, the referees, look like idiots. They made Jerry Lawler look like an idiot. And in some cases, they made these guys look like pansies because things aren't that bad. This isn't any more chaotic than Raw usually is. I would say it's even been tamer. Uh, the referees had no – I mean, and I'm not concerned about what people think about the refs, but if you really think about their argument, well, you know, it, it, we basically they were attacked by Miz and R-Truth, Triple H – fired them. He was going to fine them $250,000 each, and their concern is that, well, they got in the building. Well, who cares? I mean, it, I just did, I was really turned off by the angle overall. Um, I thought Jerry Lawler leading the charge, being the first to walk out, made him look awful. Jim Ross was booed, and he looked awful. Uh, I, just, I mean, how can the baby faces just sit there and no one's the voice of reason? I thought that was going to be Lawler's role. It, it didn't make any sense. I, I'm just frustrated watching this because they basically they chose to make people concerned about Triple H at the expense of everyone else who was involved in that segment. With you know the heels, so be it. But Beth Phoenix's answer, well, it could I know. <laughs> I mean, it was so bad. I, I, yeah. I again, it made for I'm sure the I'm guessing the rating will hold steady as far you know if they get the minute by minutes. It, uh, it's one of those segments that it's awkward and long enough that I think people stayed would would probably watch it until the end. But I, I don't like the message it sent. I, I don't like how it was executed. I, I like very little about it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, like I said, I just have mixed feelings about it. I agree with quite a bit of what you said. There's there's things that don't make sense in pro wrestling in, in WWE and really almost any promotion, you know, TNA in recent memory. And part of me just eventually kind of resigns myself to the idea that they are not writing to be detail oriented. They're not writing to ha- to be considered uh, high, high quality, well thought out, well plotted. Everything in retrospect makes sense. And all the clues that are laid out will lead somewhere entertainment. They don't, they don't even strive to be that anymore. They think it doesn't matter. And I disagree. And so any compliment I give to an angle, unless I'm gushing about how all the details make sense, I'm almost resigned to having to accept that this isn't going to make, that, that a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense on, the, on one level. And I almost, it, I hate doing it, but we've been doing it since Nitro. You know, I mean, it's been something, unfortunately, that has, ever since they got more intricate with their plots and kept it, made it more complicated than Mark Henry and Randy Orton, which makes sense. You know, ever since they decided to have writers and be a soap opera and, and make it more about winning and losing and good guys and bad guys and letting the wrestlers' personalities and their athleticism and the matches that they construct in the ring be the story, they haven't held up their end of the bargain. And they panic and they hotshot. And, I mean, this – so the idea of a vote of no confidence, first of all, when you're having to explain to your audience, as Michael Cole did, what that even means because it's a corporate term – you're stacking the deck against you. You've got Triple H as a non-wrestler who's meant nothing to ratings as a centerpiece of a 15-minute-plus segment. It didn't go a lot longer than that, but you know, close to 20 minutes, where they've already let you know there is no more wrestling on this show. So I'm, so, I mean, I'm covering a couple bases here. I don't 
if, if we picked apart everything that never made sense on a certain level, that's all we would do. And I don't think they should be forgiven, but I almost have given up on pointing it out constantly because I think it's too high of a standard, unfortunately, given what the, the, the industry we cover. But so, so the question is, was this good enough to maybe peak interest for next week? Is it good enough to, to make people curious what the next chapter is, even if they don't give it an A-plus for plot development? In that sense, I think it, it, it is a, it, it's a thumbs up in the sense of I think it felt big. It felt monumental. And what's going to happen next? How do they get out of it? In that sense, I think it was effective because they could have, even if they didn't do a great job with the detail work, they could have done a bad job in the macro sense of not even making it seem like a big deal. If you're going to do this, go all the way with it. They did. That's why I'm kind of hemming and hawing a little bit in terms of, you know, I'm not quite as frustrated with it as you are, even though I don't find myself disagreeing with much about it, because you're right, it would have been nice for somebody to speak up and make sense. But unfortunately, this isn't a show that's even booked that way. Look at the example last night when Randy Orton, unprovoked, attacked Drew McIntyre after the match with an RKO. Jim Ross and Booker T sat there and said nothing. Then in the next match, Mark Henry gives, uh, uh, who, who did he beat? Uh, John Morrison. Was that? No. Yeah. Was it Morrison? Okay, yeah. I was thinking Morrison fought Cody, but that was the night before. Um, Morrison gets beat up, and then Mark Henry gives him a second, a second power slam. And what happens? Outrage. Yeah. He shouldn't be doing that because he's healed. It was the exact same thing. So Cole calls out Booker for criticizing him for it, and all Booker can say is, well, it's, that was different. And then they drop the subject. <laughs> they, you know, there's no – the, the, the show needs more integrity to the writing. There needs to be more consistency to the way people react to things. And that was it, – it's like you said about Beth Phoenix when she was called out, and now here with Mark Henry and, and Orton doing the exact same thing, and the announcers treating it different. The announcers lose credibility. The fans lose faith that there is right and wrong and a reason to boo Henry and a reason to, chew or, uh, to cheer Orton. And so that kind of thing gets, gets lost. That, that attention to detail isn't there, and I think in that way they've, they've lost their way. And I've, I've seen it done well, and this, this isn't it. Um, you know, so Cole, Cole was in a position to make Booker look bad, and Cole should be calling out um, – or Cole should have called out Orton for doing it, or Orton shouldn't have done it. It would have been easy to solve, just have Drew McIntyre attack Orton. And then there would have been a difference in the way each acted. But Cole should not be able, while winging it as a heel, to show up the baby faces like that. The booking should make sure that Cole is in a position to make Booker look bad like that. And really, I don't think Cole should have even called him out on it, because I think, in the end, Cole's job is to make the show better. And by doing that, I think he made the show worse, because he showed the absurdity of the booking. Wait, where were CM Punk, John Cena, Sheamus, and some of the others? It, were were they just left out so that they can be the voice of reason in, in next week? Or I mean, it did. Yeah. You know, I mean, Hunter's in the ring, standing yeah. above all the peons, and and those guys aren't out there. I mean, the only guys that I, you know, Mark Henry and Alberto Del Rio were out there. The rest of them, I, I just assume that's what they're doing. But why wouldn't they be out there for this if this was like a, an all hands on deck kind of meeting? I know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I thought again, that's a situation where the announcer's job should be, they, the, the announcers are there to serve the viewers. It's the booker's job to make sure that if the announcers serve the viewers, everything makes sense. You know, the booking should be airtight enough that if Ross is true to his character, Booker's true to his character, and Cole is true to his character, if they react to what they see, everything should make sense. Orton should look bad, or should, Orton should have an excuse for what he's doing. Mark Henry should not have an excuse for what he's doing and look worse than Orton, and Cole can play his role, and Booker should have a comeback. But he didn't, because it was poorly booked. Same thing here. The announcers should be in a position where they call out, what, where are these wrestlers? And that should make sense. Or they should be told ahead of time, these six wrestlers aren't going to be there. Of course you should, or you know, however, many, many, however many there are. And they should point it out, and there should be a reason for it. We shouldn't be distracted by things 
that don't make sense or we're wondering about that isn't, that, that isn't important to the storyline. And I assume that's not. But we shouldn't be worried. We shouldn't be talking about it. It should be addressed by the announcers. If the viewer's thinking it, the announcer should address it, and the booking should give us an answer to it. That's one of the reasons I like Don West, because he started calling out the booking flaws. He wasn't an apologist, and he gained my trust as a viewer because I felt if something doesn't make sense to me, Don West is going to see it also and point it out. And if that made the booking look bad, but it's the job of the booking then to shore that up and fix it in time for next week. And I think it's good to have somebody on air calling you out if you've got booking holes uh, because you should be good enough at your job for that not to be an issue. So good question, Jason. The announcer should have brought it up, and there should have been an answer for it. I, and I just don't think anything we saw justifies them making any baby face that was out there just look like trash, look like they're yep. just pansies. Who, who, I mean, everything he said earlier in the show, I cringed at when he was you know, putting yep. over the old days of yep. his era and making it seem like these guys are, are all pansies today compared to what they used to do. And then they, he was proven right. In, in most cases, when, when the babyface wrestlers walked out, what did they have to complain about? That Miz and R-Truth are attacking people? Get over it! Yep, yep. And, and the thing is, is this was all about Hunter again. It's all about corporate. It's all about behind-the-scenes stuff. And we've just seen way too much of that. And I think this is sort of like Hogan and Bischoff and TNA. They're stars. They have power. And so they decide, rather than build new stars, this show needs me. It needs, it needs me to save it. I'm the only one who knows how to do this anymore. And as we f- we're finding out with, T- with TNA, it's a pretty compelling storyline to have Robert Roode on his way to the top. They're telling a pretty cool story there. And the last few weeks of Impact have been the best maybe it's ever been. And it's not to say Hogan and Sting haven't had a role, and they have. But the part that's, I think, really standing out to people are some of the other things. And with WWE, every week that Triple H gets this kind of TV time, unless he's popping ratings, and he hasn't, I think it's a wasted opportunity. And it's just more complicated. I, don't, I, I said it like about last week when Hunter said, I wanted to get one more main event out of Miz and Truth. Yeah. No, that's, that doesn't matter. What he should say is, I want to see Miz and Truth get beat up one more time. The viewers don't care about ratings. They don't care about where Raw finishes in the top 20. The vast majority don't. You know, some are like, oh, how's WWE doing? But that's separate from watching the show. And here we are again, worrying about Hunter and whether he's controlling things. And it's not to say there isn't some merit to the storyline, but they go here so often by default. And I think what people really like right now, I sense, is Mark Henry is a heel. And can anybody stop him? That's easy. We just defined that angle. I just did in one or two sentences. Yet it's compelling because Henry's so good at it. And, and baby faces, well, you know, the, the faces are going to be the ones who come up and challenge him. That's easy to understand. It's compelling and it's fun to watch. Pro wrestling stripped down to its core works. When we start adding all this corporate stuff, I just think it, get, it gets lost. It gets murky. And I, I just don't know how many people care. You know, I mean, so have you softened your stance on Laurinaitis, though, in terms of he's the right guy for this weasel role? He's fine in small doses. It's just yeah. when he has to open his mouth for prolonged periods of time, he's awful. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, what we saw at the pay-per-view was fine. Him coming out at the end was okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think Triple H, is, as much as this was about making him important and, and making the role, you know, people, making people care if he keeps his job, he looks like a moron. It, it took him... How long to figure out that maybe John Laurinaitis is conspiring and, and plotting behind his back? And, yeah. and Jerry Lawler has to tell him that, you know, I, I think someone else is pulling the strings. And it, it's never dawned on Hunter that 
you know, this this uh, this father-in-law you have has been pretty manipulative <laughs> over the years. Maybe yeah. just maybe he's having something. It, it's it's a really bad storyline. You mentioned TNA. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of online TNA bashing that goes on, and and when when it's warranted, we're right there with people. But I'm enjoying TNA the last few weeks of television more than I'm enjoying WWE these days. And 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 ROH. Uh, I have I've got the the latest show on. DBR that I haven't got around to watching yet. The yep. first show, not as much. No, I, I yeah, I, I just uh, the first ROH show. I mean, if I'd never seen the HD Net show, we talked about it last week. If yeah. I'd never seen HD Net, I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more. It was just a little too much. It was felt like it was more of the same, and I think they've got a lot of issues to work through. We uh, have a bunch of people on hold. We are going to get the calls now, and we're also going to take email questions. If you want to email us during the show live, you can do so at pwtorchlivecast at gmail.com. Be sure to email to that email address, not the other ones that we sometimes give out, pwtorchlivecast at gmail.com if you have a question or a topic you want us to address live on the show. If you're listening to us on delay, you can also use that email to give us a topic or question for a future show. Um, and uh, we definitely welcome your email questions. So uh, send them to pwtorchlivecast at gmail.com. I am monitoring that email as we cover the show live. Now through Patreon, you can get the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts with the ads and plugs removed and VIP after shows by supporting us on Patreon with a Tier 1 membership for just $4.99 per month. You can also upgrade to get additional bonus content, including all the VIP podcasts and the PW Torch newsletters through Patreon. Check out details at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. If you're a wrestling fan, you're a fan of a good story. And if you're looking for a good story, look no further than Stories of Your and Yours. I'm Sean Ennis, and on every episode of Stories of Your and Yours, I narrate a classic or listener-submitted short story, adding music and sound effects to bring the story new flavor. I featured authors such as Edgar Allan Poe, Kurt Vonnegut, Ray Bradbury, Mark Twain, and many more. So don't wait any longer. Download Stories of Your, that's Y-O-R-E, and yours, that's Y-O-U-R-S, today. And if you want to hear clips and get more information, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at S-Y-Y Podcast. That's Stories of Your and Yours, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we just got a uh, question about 45 minutes ago from someone before the show, and let's uh, address it. It's from Derek, who says, um, hey, guys, great job, as always, with the live cast. My question for today's edition is, what do you think the, why do you think WWE decided to go in the direction of the conspiracy angle with Triple H versus the change angle initially set out by Punk? Along those same lines, are we just supposed to believe that Punk is now all of a sudden just happy and content? He's all smiling and joking come to the ring for his matches now. He doesn't seem to care about WWE, the WWE title or the state of WWE, which hasn't really changed from when he initially complained about it. Where's the pipe bomb? Thanks, and keep up the great work. Um, two good points. You know, they, they definitely, well, it's kind of one point in two parts. They really downplayed CM Punk. Um, and, you know, he didn't, he didn't even talk about wanting to win the title last week. He didn't win the title this week. They, didn't, they really didn't talk much about Del Rio or Cena. I can't remember the last show where John Cena didn't talk. I can't remember the last show that Punk didn't talk. It had to be sometime in June, I guess. But, yeah, Punk, I mean, he, they've just decided that didn't – that didn't work, and it's kind of what I said about not being highbrow, well-plotted entertainment with a real pride and attention to detail. I don't think there's been a proper transition for Punk to just be another player again. 
No, there hasn't. He, he's a man without a program right now. I mean, he yeah. was kind of thrown into that feud with uh, Alberto Del Rio and John Cena by default, it seemed like, because he got done with Triple H, and suddenly they had mutual respect. And he, you know, Kevin Nash isn't around. You've got to order the uh, awesome wrestling entertainment pay-per-view to see him, apparently, uh, before you'll see him in WWE again. And, um, you know, so I think he's just kind of left waiting for Kevin Nash to come back, and then they'll awkwardly pick up that program. I guess you could say that he's got a beef now with Miz and R-Truth, but they're not on the show. By the way, if you're going to do some kind of thing where these guys have been fired and you're doing this conspiracy angle, why not at some point during the show, instead of just... Oh, the announcers are cutting to YouTube footage of the two guys who have been fired from the company. Why not make that part of it? Whoever's you know doing the hell in the cell, raising it, lowering it, they're trying to ask, you know, trying to put that question out there. Who's doing this? Mm-hmm. Why not have somebody just cut in with the with here's Miz and our truth and, and make it seem like this shouldn't air on the show? I know, I know, that would work too. And and another point, uh, Tyrone in the chat room just said, I love how Mark Henry walked out with Jerry Lawler. How do you walk hand in hand with the man who caused your injuries? Um, you know, I, I don't think what's been going on has, has been worse than what Mark Henry did to anybody, especially Jerry Lawler. You know, it's not, I don't think Jerry Lawler should, let's put aside our differences and, and, and stand tall with Henry. And then we just got an email from uh, uh, Sergeant Kevin Robinson on his iPhone uh, just three minutes ago saying, so, and you kind of brought this up too, Jason, but let's accentuate it. During the no confidence angle, only divas, heels, and referees and announcers were present. Where were the faces, especially John Cena, and CM Punk. I mean, we had Jerry Lawler as a babyface out there. Um, we had some, you know, NXT type superstars level guys who were out there. Um, the tag who were the champs. top? Jay. Well, they had the tag champs out there. Air Boom yep. was there. John Morrison. There was like a group of seven raw babyfaces. Yep. I don't remember more than those three, but there there were some out there. Yeah. So they it were wasn't it wasn't that they were all missing, but it does it goes back to your point. It, it's a pretty big deal to not have some of those big names out there. It really is, and um, you know, I mean, can someone in this company sell something? Uh, you've got Jerry Lawler, who you know was selling by not being on TV. Yet when he comes back, he's he's just fine. Uh, you have the Hell in a Cell match, which they build up as like the you know a, a trip through hell, and these guys may never be the same again. Everyone who was in a Hell in a Cell match wrestled, looked you know looked just fine. I think it was Punk who sold a little bit when he came to the ring. Uh, which was nice, but I mean, you open the show with Mark. Hen- I, I like the opening, but you open yeah. the show with Mark Henry and Randy Orton, two guys who were in a Hell in a Cell match, and they just, you know, in Henry's case, he, well, both of them, they just, they won their matches clean, and they, they looked just fine, and they were good enough to brawl with each other. Why should I take Hell in a Cell seriously next time? I know I, it's a great point too. It's one of the problems with the Monday format. It's one of the problems with. Uh, WWE not planning ahead. They could have absolutely d- built up this edition of Raw, not in a way that took away from Hell in a Cell, because TNA ran into that problem in trying to promote Sting Flair while they're also promoming a pay-per-view, while they're also promoting something else. You, you can have too many things going, it can take away, but why not have one match that wasn't on pay-per-view that you built up enough in the previous few weeks that it could be something you would have confidence can hold the audience that doesn't involve somebody who was, you know, who was in that Hell in a Cell match the night before. I, I do think that's another attention to detail, and occasionally they do it, and occasionally they don't. They, you know, occasionally they pay attention to what happened the night before, and other times they don't, and this was a night where they didn't. I like, I like what they did in the first half hour of the show. I'd like to yeah. see them break from that format, but you're right, attention to detail-wise, they, I mean, match, I mean, I, mean I, I know it's pro wrestling, not MMA, but nobody's going to come back and fight a day later after a brutal MMA fight. 
And it really does hurt the Hell in a Cell concept when it's just it's over with and it's forgotten and all we care about is who raised or lowered the cage, but we're not talking about the brutality of it like we were just a week ago or you know, previous Friday on SmackDown. Well, and you, and you had the three guys in the triple threat were beaten with pipes, and you can throw the pipe in with other you know, foreign objects and whatnot that are now yeah. useless in WWE yeah. because they didn't sell those. And, uh, you know, and what about John Cena? You know, they, they covered Del Rio. It was awkward, but he wasn't celebrating his win because he was upset about Miz and R-Truth. Shouldn't John Cena be upset that he lost the WWE Championship? If I'm a John Cena fan, why do I care when he goes for the title next time if he doesn't even care when he loses it? Oh, one of the big things I think lost, in, not lost, but that's not in a headline of analysis today, although I mentioned in my Keller Hotline last night pretty early on when the show was over, it kind of hit me. John Cena lost the title, and the show Raw opened with the SmackDown title storyline, which is fine, but... They, they needed to make a big deal out of the fact that Cena lost. It's almost like, to me, I thought they were scared to, make, to dwell on it because it was bad news. And the ratings dropped when Cena lost the title the last time. They went up, and I mean, I think some of this is coincidence and happenstance, but it went back up when Cena regained the title. I almost think they're trying to hide the fact that he lost the title and not make a big deal out of it because they don't want it to be you know, too much bad news for the viewers who love Cena. But you can't, that undercuts the value of the next time you sell Cena in Jeopardy if after he loses, like you said, Jason, nobody, nobody seems to care. I mean, Del Rio won the world WWE title, and they didn't even give him a moment in the spotlight to celebrate it. Yeah, I mean, at least in his case, I'm reaching for him a bit, but at least they did have him say he's not in a celebratory mood because of what Miz and R-Truth did. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I just keep going back to what Miz and R-Truth did really wasn't that big. It, I mean, it, it was kind of a cool ending to a pay-per-view, I guess, but yeah. I, and, and they used a pipe, which nobody sold, and so, I mean, okay, like you said, Mark Henry is doing worse. Nobody's calling for you know, Teddy Long's job over on SmackDown or pointing yeah. the finger at Triple H, and I tell you, if you want other, you know, if you want to give people ammunition and go after Hunter, you could have worked in the Hell in a Cell storyline aspect of it. That man, this guy's making these guys wrestle one night after Hell in a Cell, but I guess they don't want to make Hunter look that like that bad of a guy. I mean, but you know, they could have, and and, and it shouldn't take twenty twenty hindsight. It could have been a situation where um, you know the, the the show opened with the announcers announcing the matches, and Roscoe's. Who made these guys fight the day after the pay per view? And then they go back, you know, and then and then uh, they go backstage, and Josh Matthews is holding the microphone. He goes, uh, Triple H, you know, the announcers at ringside, they're wondering why are you making all these guys wrestle again? And Hunter goes, I showed up at Raw today, and there were some matches made, and I'm the COO, and the wrestlers were already preparing for the match, and I'm, you know, I do, you know, kind of try to shift the blame, and again give that sense that he's losing control, because I think even that, the idea that Raw, that some matches got booked and he didn't know it, it would add credence to the idea that, one, someone's trying to undercut him, and two, it would add more credibility to everybody walking out at the end of the show because they could have used that as a selling point. Why is everyone having to wrestle that, who was in a hell in a cell the next day? I mean, that could have been one of the central, the, a central thesis of the argument being made for Hunter, and that could have even made Lawler walking out make more sense. Lawler could have said, I, I, this, you know, the fact that people are having to wrestle the day after being in hell in a cell means Triple H has lost control of the show. Then you're accentuating, you're selling Hell in a Cell, so next time you put over a big match that is in a, you know, whether it's, it's Elimination Chamber in a few months or Hell in a Cell next year, people remember, yeah, it's a big deal. You shouldn't have to wrestle the next day. Check out our new 2021 PW Torch VIP podcast lineup, including everything with Rich Fan. Hosted by Wade Keller, where on weekends we get together and talk about everything. And that includes our popular Off the Beaten Path segment, where either Rich or I present each other with something to watch that's 
off the beaten path and we dissect and analyze and react to it. Sometimes it's weird, sometimes it's nostalgic, sometimes it's therapeutic, and sometimes it's just plucking something from the past that would work today that's not being done. But we talk about uh, WWE, NXT, AEW, all the current events in professional wrestling also. It's a different format and a fresh podcast dynamic with rich and me every weekend everything with rich fan is part of the new pw torch vip podcast lineup for 2021 uh, another email comment jason um from eric rose uh roseberry uh just emailed and he actually emailed about 15 minutes before the show started and he said why is wwe working so hard to get triple h over as a face right now do you ultimately see this leading to him teaming with Cena and Rock at Survivor Series? I have no idea how I felt about last night. Tell me how I'm supposed to feel about last night! Exclamation point. You know, and I, I mean, that is how I felt too. You know, starting the show. I'm not even quite sure how I feel about it. I have mixed feelings, and uh, you know, and I think the feeling is shared with a lot of people, including Eric. But where is this headed with Triple H? Why, why are, why is he being such? A, why are they spending so much time putting him over as a sympathetic babyface standing in the ring all alone? Uh, you know, a man without a man without anyone watching his back at this point. Because they think he's like this mega star, and I mean, only seen as comparable to him. Apparently, I go back to him beating CM Punk at the pay per view. Why? When you had all that interference, CM Punk's the guy who's going on the road. He's the guy who's going to be you know, with this company as a main event, in ring talent for years to come. Hopefully, I mean, Triple H will be there, but not in that role. Why? Why couldn't Punk have pinned Triple H with all that interference going on? They're putting way too much stock in Hunter. And with people questioning, well, gee, you know, Punk didn't have a great effect on the ratings. Well, Triple H came back you know, during that time, and what effect did he have on the ratings then? I, no, yeah, he did. I mean, it would be selective blame for them to blame Punk, but not Hunter, for the lack of progress. Another email, and then we'll get to calls after this, although emails keep coming in, too. So thanks, everybody, for doing that. Um, this comes from uh, David Santiago, who says, I think now Stephanie McMahon will take full control of the company, which will cause problems with Stephanie and Triple H. The storyline will develop separation between the two, and it'll allow, now get this one, Jason, it'll allow Triple H to start WCW again with the help of the click. It'll be another WWF versus WCW war. Uh, that's David from Fresno, California. Uh, that's stretching it a little bit for me, Jason. I don't think we're going to see the WCW brand brought back. Um, but the, the thing about Triple H and Stephanie going at it, I, I could see Stephanie maybe being, you know, siding with Father Vince against Hunter, perhaps. I'm not endorsing it because I, I don't know that we need even more non-wrestlers eating up TV time and sucking the oxygen out of the room. But do you think Stephanie's going to end up being part of this too since she was around that first week? I think she has to be play a role in it, but like a, a major role, no. I mean, she's a mother of three who doesn't want to go on the road on a regular basis. And, and if there's a way, and I, I, so I think, you know, my guess continues to be that it's Vince, unless something's changed. I mean, there's a reason he blew up on Alberto Del Rio and everyone else backstage when his name was mentioned on Raw, and that's because he's coming back to TV soon. And so I think it's logical that he's behind this, and if he's not, he's somehow playing a major part in it. Could it be they're trying to they're going to make people think it's Vince, and it turns out to be Step? I guess, but I have a real issue with that because she doesn't want to go on the road all that all that often. If yeah. it's a short term thing, fine, but boy, are we wasting a lot of uh, valuable television time on something short term? Um, well, Jim from Palm Springs, California, just emailed a second ago, and. 
and uh, said, is Vince McMahon really out of the equation in WWE, or is it a long-term angle where he returns against Triple H, possibly forcing, forcing a split promotion, competing against each other for power? Um, I, I asked that, even though we kind of addressed the part where, yeah, this is a storyline, and we expect Vince will be back. I just want to clarify, Triple H isn't really COO, it's just a storyline. And Vince is still as in control, and he's at every show, and he's backstage and that kind of thing. And I think it's important to clarify, because some people, you know, the reality and fiction gets blurred a little bit. And even Jim was a little, you know, a listener of the show was a little confused that, yeah, yeah, he's still around. And, and the full expectation is that he will end up back on TV. Um, I, do you think, Jason, that he expected that he'd come back to TV this quick? When they did the angle with Triple H, do you get a sense that this was part of a large storyline arc that they had planned and it's playing out from the moment Triple H took over as COO and Vince stood in the ring all mopey that it's kind of playing out as they planned or do you think they've been winging it? I tell you, my honest feeling is unless it involves Dwayne Johnson, I don't think there's been any long-term planning. I, I think yeah. he cares enough that he's going to insist upon that. He probably knows, you know, he's probably known since before last year's WrestleMania what the finish of WrestleMania 28 was going to be and everything else. I, I could be wrong, but I think he cares that much about it. Where, you know, so in, if he's not involved in this somehow, then I, I think they're just winging it like everything else. Yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff. All right. Well, we're at the midway point of the show, um, and, and I do want to let callers know this is still a show about callers. It's just not all about callers, and I definitely am enjoying hearing from different people. And these first couple weeks since we started incorporating more emails into the show, um, we're going a little heavier on it than I think we will long term, but who knows? Uh, but I really, I think we kind of had to really accentuate. We really are going to get to emails, and people who can't call or just are, are phone shy or, or are at work and can email but can't talk. Um, we really want to stress that we're getting you guys involved in the show. And I think we've accomplished that, and it's great that we're hearing from so many people by email. Keep coming. But we now are, in the last 30 minutes or so of the show here, um, going to start taking calls also. And uh, we'll probably get a couple more emails into the equation too. Um, I am Wade Keller, editor and publisher of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter since 1987, and also PWTorch.com and the PW Torch app, which is free on iPad, iPhone, Android, and in the Amazon App Store. Uh, check it out. We also have a sister website and app, which is MMA Torch or MMATorch.com. So if you're a UFC fan, be sure to download the free app to your iPad, iPhone, Android, or Amazon, and, uh, and go to the website, MMATorch.com, for daily updates with a full-time staff and uh, updates every day throughout the day. Um, there's also an MMA Torch podcast, which will be airing tonight, talking about this weekend's happenings and also looking forward to the next pay-per-view. Jamie Pettick and gang will be hosting that. So check it out at blogtalkradio.com slash MMA Torch. And uh, it's uh, live for an hour and a half tonight. And uh, you can listen to archived editions also. And you can also subscribe to it in iTunes. Just do a search for MMA Torch in iTunes, and it will bring up our app and the live cast if you want to subscribe to it. Um, we are available here five days a week. We're on the same time, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 5.30 Eastern for one hour. And we are uh, on in the hour preceding Raw on Mondays. But we're on five days a week live. You can listen to us live, and we invite you to do so. And then you can also call up if you want. And we also have a live chat room during the show. Um, and the place to go for that is blogtalkradio.com slash pro-wrestling-torch. That's how to listen live. You can listen on delay, which the majority of people do, by uh, going to that same address at Blog Talk Radio or going to iTunes and doing a search for PW Torch or Pro Wrestling Torch, and uh, you can find us in there. We are the most listened to pro wrestling podcast in iTunes, and uh, we thank everybody for your support. We're approaching our two-year anniversary, and uh, it's been a blast. And on Tuesdays, we are joined by Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net. Uh, Jason, you are also a free app on iPhone, your free app on Android, your free app on the iPad, 
And uh, you're also a website, prowrestling.net. Very easy to remember. You run that website. It is a great website. I visit it every day, of course. And uh, we have you on every Tuesday to add your analysis to Raw and the happenings in wrestling. You also have a membership site, and we always try to give you a little bit of time to plug that. Um, why don't you go ahead and uh, plug your website, why people should visit it, and also talk about the membership option and how, for a very fair price, people can get some exclusive content. It's a very easy site to remember unless you're a member of my family who doesn't watch wrestling because they're, <laughs> what's the name of your website again? I, I swear, I have family members who've uh. never seen the site. It, it just stuns me. But anyway, uh, the member site it features tons of audio. There's hours and hours of it each week, including the .NET Weekly audio show. Uh, my usual sidekick, Chris Shore, is on vacation this week, so this week we're going to have a very special guest. Brian Fritz of BetweenTheRopes.com is going to join me for the .NET Weekly Audio Show, which often includes first-run news. It hasn't even been reported on the .NET website before we get to it on the show. We'll be analyzing all the news of the week. And the .NET Countdown Show with Jake with uh, Jake Barnett and Will Pruitt. Almost got their names mixed up. That is every Wednesday. And then reviews of all the shows. There's an all-access podcast for everybody free of charge. If you want to swing on over to ProWrestling.net and listen to that after the show, you certainly can. And uh, the membership site uh, is ad-free. There's access to the membership. Forum, the first look at news, and uh, membership rates start as low as $5.50 a month if you take that annual option. If you just want to try it out for a month and see what you think of it, $7.50. And if you're interested in signing up, just swing on over to ProWrestling.net. You can't miss the sign-up area right there on the right side of your screen. Excellent. Hey guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free PW Torch podcast. We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right. We're on our fifth year. When we started the show back then, we were talking just Impact Wrestling, and we still talk about them from time to time as well. And over the years, we've branched out to also discuss MLW, and of course, the main event of our program, which is always the latest going on in AEW. Again, the show is called the All Elite After Show with me, Mike McMahon, and my partner, Andrew Socek. You can check us out as part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. You can subscribe to our show and all of the Daily Cast shows just by searching PW Torch on any podcast. Podcast app, and of course, you can listen ad free with a PW Torch VIP membership. Let's now go to our first phone call, and it is in the uh, 708 area code. We actually have two of them from 708 today in line. Uh, 708, please state your name and where you're from. Boris from Chicago. Boris! Yeah. Jason emailed me earlier going, I miss Boris, we want Boris. So I, uh, I went to you first, or hoping it was you. We had two seven oh eight, so I wasn't sure which was which. How you doing? Uh, I could be doing better with this WWE. But I actually saw the clip um Triple H um, pedigreed uh, Zack Ryder at the end of the show, too. That You know, when the Raw went out there, he pretty much pedigreed him. So I don't know what was that, what was purpose in that. I guess to continue... Uh, which the the mess they got going. I mean, the only consistent thing they got right now is Mark Henry. And like you said, you know, I know it's the same thing with Randy Orton. He didn't sell no injuries. You know, he didn't sell no type of hurt. I mean, they they, they pretty much could have got, um, got uh, what's his name is. That's all I can call him. I don't even know his name anymore. But they, you thought, you would think they would get him over. You know what I mean? 
and that's my comment. But, you know, as far as um, I have a question, with all they're doing, doesn't doesn't even matter because the whole purpose is getting the WrestleMania. And, and, you know, I'm thinking of all these pay-per-views and all that. It doesn't even matter because it's all about WrestleMania. Jason, it's all yours. What do you think? Can you round that into a form of a question, Boris? <laughs> does any of this matter because it's about WrestleMania? Does does any of this is any of this going to matter? It's just about WrestleMania. Well, yeah, I mean it should. I mean, certainly there are years where it feels like they take that approach, where they don't really, you know, kick things into gear until WrestleMania season comes around. Um, you know, because of what's happening now with buy rates being down doesn't really mean that WrestleMania is going to struggle. I think it's going to do great numbers with Rock and Cena on the show. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is a company whose buy rates are declining. Uh, They've had stock issues and everything else. Live events are kind of sketchy numbers as well. It should matter to them year-round. I mean, there's naturally going to be highs and lows. But the scary part is, it doesn't look to me like they're coasting. It looks to me like they're really trying to make something happen because the ratings have been kind of have been down as well. And it, it, what they're coming up with, it, I think, is doing more damage than it is good. And the thing is, Jason, is the simpler show, the more basic show, SmackDown, and the ratings have been up for that show. Um, you know, and part of that might be some people are skipping Raw and watching Monday Night Football, and then they're tuning into SmackDown. The other thing is. Uh, is maybe the exposure of the SmackDown talent on Raw has led Raw viewers to be more interested in SmackDown. And that was one of the strategies, um, not just to boost Raw ratings, but to try to get those SmackDown matches on pay-per-view over to the Raw viewers who don't watch SmackDown, but maybe get people interested in SmackDown. I still think they could do so much more to promote SmackDown, but I thought at least they plugged Big Show's return last night and, and made a big deal out, you know, pretty big deal out of that. So uh, I thought that was, that was, that was good. Oh, yeah, that was one of the – I actually had that in my hit list that just went up at the time we started. And uh, because I, I'm so tired of those just weak commercials they do. The one they played was hysterical. Will, will uh, Mark Henry and Randy Orton, will they ever be the same again after Hell in a Cell, right after we just finished watching both of them win matches? Um, that's the kind of advertising perspective <laughs> we generally get. So yeah. anytime they can actually incorporate it into Raw, the announcers are talking about it, Mark Henry's talking about it, that makes SmackDown and Big Show's return feel important. That was, you know, that's an example of what I think we both want to see more of from, from Raw. Yep, yep. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices, or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. All right, let's go to our next uh, caller, uh, another 708 area code. Thanks for calling. Please state your name and where you're from. This is uh, Chad from Chicago. Hey, Chad. Good to hear from you. What's uh, on your mind today? 
you guys answered most, pretty much all my questions. Uh, like why CM Punk and uh, John Cena weren't at the like, the thing after the, at the with Triple H. So uh, my question is, what? When was the last time that all the secondary and the main titles were uh, were held by heels? Hmm. For a, a long period. I don't know right off. Um, I mean, the title switched so often now. I mean, Jason, you you and I remember back in the 80s and, you know, somewhat into the 90s, it was a pretty big deal who the champions were. And I don't think it's just an age thing with us, you know, and watching for 30 years and, you know, so some of the stuff just, you know, it, it, we have such a history watching this that maybe the – the, t- who, the list of champions isn't something that we wake up thinking about every day, like you, know, you, do, you do when you're 14. But part of it, too, is how frequent, how many titles there are and how frequently they change hands. And I think that kind of works against us even noticing that, you know, that I, I didn't think of it until now, that they're all heels. So I can't remember the last time that happened. I, I wish that was a bigger deal. Um, you know, I mean, I give credit to Chad for, for noticing it, but I don't know that the announcers made a big deal out of it. Um, I think that actually, you know, Chad bringing that point up, that could have been something that was a, that was a point that was made um, by Jerry Lawler, you know, or, or somebody when uh, saying vote in no confidence. You know, I, I think it would have been a good point to bring up. Jerry Lawler could have said, I, I hate to um, blame Triple H for something when I think that there are, there are forces working against him. And I think in a way it's unfair to blame him. But the fact is, is I can't remember the last time that for, you know, so many people who don't deserve the titles are holding the championships. And somebody has to answer to that because I don't think the best men are holding the titles. I think chaos has led to people who don't deserve the honor of being champion holding those belts. There's a way to, there's a way to cut that promo or do something like that that draws attention to what Chad noticed. Yeah, somebody, I think I was talking to Pritchard, and he actually brought up that the only current champions that are babyfaces are, are Air Boom, the tag team champions. Yep. Everything else is held by heels. Um, I mean, I, I don't know when the last time was. I agree with what you're saying, Wade. They could have found a way to work that into. I, going back to what you were talking about when we were 14, I mean, I think you and I and a lot of people at, at that time could have run through the lineage of the of various title belts for various promotions. You ask a, a 14-year-old diehard fan today to do the same just with the WWE title belts, I, I bet you they couldn't go back more than maybe six months, maybe. I mean, they just change so frequently that they don't mean as much as they used to, and it, it's, it's a shame. Yeah, yep, I agree. All right, well, the phone lines are refilling up after we, some people lost faith. Uh, thanks, Boris and Chad, for, uh, for calling. Let's now go to a uh, Skype call. I believe uh, you were in the chat room lamenting that your Skype connection got disconnected, so we definitely want to get to you. Uh, please state your name and uh, where you're from. Hi, uh, yeah, it's Damien. I'm calling from Paris in France. Uh, Dame, you said Damien from France? Daily, daily, in fact. Oh, great. Well, uh, uh, go ahead with your uh, question or comment. I've got two things I'd like to speak to you about this thing. First things first, I just wanted to say that uh, I actually really enjoyed Raw, seemingly uh, a lot more than you two did. I thought it was a nice thing to have a, a shake-up in the format insofar as it started with high rating mm-hmm. content. And I thought Mike, Michael Cole was uh, a lot less annoying this evening. Sorry, well, uh, this early this afternoon I watched it. Uh, I just wanted to say it was something that you mentioned earlier about not being highbrow entertainment. I mean, from my perspective, Raw kept me entertained from two hours straight through for the first time I don't know how many weeks. Um, the only thing that left me questioning something was the lack of main eventers showing up in the final segment. Yeah. Me personally, I do a lot of you know detailed analysis 
in my job and I'm with quite highbrow customers and stuff all day, when I come home, I just want to watch something somewhat superficial. Is there something to be said then, in your opinion, for just sitting there for two hours and enjoying Raw for what it is on a somewhat superficial level? Do you think I'm, I'm pretty much alone as this type of fan? No, no. In fact, I, just, just out of fairness, I, I, I didn't dislike Raw that much. I, I, the things that you liked about it, I liked the shake-up and format. I, I, I was honest. I wasn't 100% sure how I felt today about the show-closing angle the more I thought about it. Um, but WWE writes for you. I mean, they write for the person to a degree who says, I'm going to kind of turn my brain off a little bit. I work hard all day. I don't want to think hard about details. I'm going to look ahead, not backwards, and just I'm going to zone out and just entertain me. And, and they count on their viewers being that type of viewer, and they're out there. But, Jason, don't you think that all other things being equal, it's possible to write a show that doesn't have plot holes. It's possible to write a show that has an internal logic. It's possible to not have Mark Henry do something that Booker T criticizes him for, that Randy Orton 10 minutes earlier did the exact same thing, and the announcers didn't criticize him for it. That's the type of detail that, 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 that bugs me, and there's absolutely no reason to not pay attention to those details. Uh, uh, Davey, you can enjoy the show the exact same way but it can have more integrity to it. And, and, and it, it just takes a little bit more attention to detail from the writing team. I just think they hold, them, hold themselves to too low of a standard. When I say it's not highbrow entertainment, I don't mean they should aspire to have super complicated uh, plot lines out of, and I'll keep my streak alive, like in Breaking Bad or in Dexter. Like I, I, I don't, it doesn't have to be like that, but what I mean by it's not highbrow entertainment is it doesn't, there's not integrity to the storylines. There's not a consistent... If you follow each of the characters for the last few weeks or the last few months or the last year, the way they act from week to week should be consistent based on what's happened to them. And as we had with an email earlier, what about CM Punk? You know, it doesn't make sense that now he just seems happy when nothing has changed. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. It's absolutely great that you can enjoy the show, and you should. And WWE has a lot of people who don't watch it and question things like we do. But I think they would have a better rating, and I think even for people like you, the show would be more successful at getting you to buy tickets or order a pay-per-view or tune in every single week if, they, if everybody was more engaged. And I think the way to engage people emotionally is to make sure that Randy Orton acts in a more honorable way than Mark Henry does. And last night in the first 20 minutes of that show, just to pull that one example, and there's examples all the time that are sloppy – Henry did something that he got criticized for, and Orton did something he didn't get criticized for, and it was the same thing. That's what we're talking about. Uh, Jason, your thoughts on that? I, you know, I, I agree with so much of what you said. that I'll, I'll just add that if the ratings were doing great, then I, I'd think, well, geez, there's a lot more people out there that are just, you know, they're watching for, for two hours, and, and they're not worried about some of the things that we are. But the ratings are, are lousy. I mean, it, it's yeah, SmackDown's gone up a little bit, but SmackDown never does great ratings to begin with. Uh, there's some issues here and I, that I think they need to address. And I, I also, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a horrible show by any means. I was entertained last night. My, I, I really liked the first 20, 30 minutes of the show a lot. I liked the Brodus Clay teaser video that they did, although I do worry that he's going to be a little too much like Mark Henry, but we'll see. Um, yeah, there, was a, there were things that I really liked. The, the 12-man tag was a lot of fun. I had no expectation of that being anything more than just you know something to fill time, and, and it filled a lot of time in a, in a very entertaining way. And the show-ending angle, like I say, I think it can be uh, something that 
kept the attention of viewers and was a cliffhanger. I just don't like where they're setting themselves up for long term. That's my concern. If they've got a great direction and, and this follow and they can follow it up and it all makes sense and people are excited about it, great. But in the meantime, based on you know what I can see, I, I don't think they do, and, and therefore I'm pretty concerned about it. Uh, uh, Daly, I want to go back to you and uh, get any follow-up that you might have on what we said. No, no, no. I can, I can see your point uh, entirely there. I was just wondering if I could bring up a second thing quickly. Sure, yep. Um, following on from a lot of uh, news last week about the WWG network that hopefully will be starting pretty soon, do you think that will have a positive or a negative impact for people like me who watch the product internationally? Um, I, first of all, I want to hold your breath on it starting soon. <laughs> when they say 2012, I think they're being optimistic. And if it does launch, unless something's changed from what I heard a few days ago, uh, late 2012 is probably the soonest it can go. I, I think they're putting the cart before the horse on purpose. I think they're trying to generate interest in order to create pressure on cable companies to actually give them what they want. You know, and, and there's a lot of negotiating and a lot of details. There's original programming that needs to be created. Um, there's a lot that still needs to be done. So this is very much them trying to pump up the crowd at hoping the momentum helps it happen and help, it helps make the conditions favorable for them to make money. It's a big story. Um, from an international standpoint, I'm not sure how much it affects international viewers because I don't think they're aiming for the network to be available internationally. So I think the, the Raw and SmackDown will continue to be A-level a shows with all the first-run material and the network will be more supplementary. And if there's pay-per-views on the network, if they move some or all of them to the network, and I, I stress there were multiple surveys that went out, um, and some talked about all the, show, all the pay-per-views being moved to the network, and then they had alternate versions of the survey that talked about just the big four. And so they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do. But if they do give some pay-per-views away for free in this country, it's kind of like in the United Kingdom on Sky. Some, some get the... Uh, some get a certain pay-per-views. Certain pay-per-views there are free, and other ones are pay-per-view. So I, I think the, the situation internationally wouldn't change. Jason, anything to add to that? No, I really don't. I just don't know enough about the international situation. But uh, you know, any chance you know they do. It, maybe it's secondary to getting it cleared in, the, in in North America. But eventually, is that something you think they will target? Is try to get that overseas somehow? Yeah, yeah. I just don't know enough about how international cable works in each of the markets. I think they'll. I think it'll be more a la carte uh, in yeah. the sense that it'll be you know each each country will be treated differently. I launched the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter as a teenager in high school in the late 80s, and I've been covering professional wrestling ever since. It's been my full-time job since the day I graduated college. And I've followed every technology along the way and tried to be on the cutting edge, and one of them has been podcasting. We were doing podcasts before the word podcast was a word. They were just called audio shows for our subscribers. And a cool feature that we introduced last year are flashback Saturday night editions of the Wade Keller Hotline, where every Saturday night we post Wade Keller Hotlines all in one file, a week's worth of shows from 10 and 15 years ago. That means uh, you can listen to what I was saying about the news, about Raw, about SmackDown, about TNA, about WrestleMania hype, WrestleMania fallout, controversies, firings, matches that almost happened and why they didn't happen every weekend on Saturday night. From 10 and 15 years ago. For instance, the April 6, 2006 Wade Keller Hotline had a ton of insider news on the Hulk Hogan-Steve Austin dynamic at the WWE Hall of Fame and the prospects of a Hogan versus Austin match and how close it came to happening at WrestleMania 22, what stood in its way, and what the prospects were of it happening in the future, why Steve Austin said what he said about Hulk Hogan at the Hall of Fame during his Bret Hart intro, 
and what the backstage interaction was between the two of them. That's just one example of some of the fascinating reporting that was going on, likely before you were listening to some of my free podcasts here. So uh, go VIP. It's one of many, many cool benefits that come with a VIP membership. Get details at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. All right, let's go to the next call. By the way, our numbers here are 646-721-9828. 646-721-9828. If you want to get on hold, we might get to your call before the end of the show. We're uh, going next to uh, area code 724. Thanks for holding. Please state your name and where you're from. Hey, Wade and Jason. This is Dave in Pittsburgh. How are you guys doing today? Uh, doing good, Dave. Good to hear from you. What's, uh, what's on your mind today? Um, do you think there was any significance uh, to Jim Ross being the last person to leave ringside uh, last night? I think... Oh, go ahead, Jason. Yeah. I I was looking at how so. I mean, I'm not sure where you're going. He was the last one to walk out. It wasn't Booker. It wasn't Cole. Ross was the last one to do... Kind of the drama was, will Ross actually walk out? Yeah, I I think that was it there. You know, he was the last person that people would... If anyone was going to take a stand out of those people, it would be Ross among those who were left. And when he didn't, then it it just kind of signified, wow, you know, even Jim Ross doesn't have faith in Triple H right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I'm trying to think significance-wise if there would be anything. I mean, I don't think they're drawn upon the history of, you know, because it really won't enhance the storyline, that Ross was kind of in the stone-cold faction in the late 90s, and Triple H and Ross were behind the scenes legitimately rivals. Um, and, and I think that tension has, has dissolved quite a bit over the years. I don't think they're great friends. Um, I don't think they spend time on the phone talking about anything that they share in common, because I don't think they share much in common. Um, whereas Ross and Austin do. But, but I don't think that tension is there, and I don't think that, they, that the storyline was trying to play on that because it's just so, or, or, so, so out, you know, dated. It just was such a part of the past and not well-known. So I just think the company, on occasion, sees Jim Ross as the voice of the fans. You know, I mean, they acknowledge that he is that, and I think the idea was if Ross walks out, boy, Hunter's really alone. So I, that's about my only, my only thought there. I mean, I, again, this is one of those things, you know, Daly talks about, mentioned from, you know, uh, Daily from France said, you know, I just enjoy the show and sit back and watch it. I think the idea, though, is a lot of fans want to watch the show and talk about it with their friends and Twitter and Facebook and just in their own mind have answers to those questions. And, and that's the level of detail that I think we'd all love to see on the show. Um, I, I'd love, I, 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 again, I'm just a huge fan of Breaking Bad. We're not in the season finales on Sunday. I'll bring it up again, then I won't talk about it probably for another nine months until it comes on again. You just don't spoil anything that happens Sunday because it's also sitting on my DVR right now. I won't. I promise you that, Jason. Um, one thing that I love is there's a Breaking Bad Insider podcast where the, where the crew, the writers, the, the directors, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 the uh, actors all get around and, and talk about the shows. And their attention to detail is amazing. You know, they really take pride in all the little details. They want everything to make sense in retrospect. And there's another podcast that I tried on a road trip this weekend and listened to it when I was driving up for my grandma's 91st birthday party. So hi. Uh, Grandma Rose, happy birthday! And uh, and she and and while I was listening uh, listening to it on the on the on the trip up there, the, uh, the it was an independent fan cast uh, reviewing the show, and they're doing the same thing we do here, you know, trying to break apart attention to detail, you know, on the show. I haven't actually listened to one on on Sunday show. I was listening to the podcast reacting to the previous show, and they're doing the same thing we do. The difference is they almost have always have an answer. And they have faith that if they don't have an answer, the writers will address it, and it probably will make sense in the long run. 
That's what I want wrestling to get to. I want to enjoy it on that same level that I enjoy Breaking Bad with a staff of writers who take tremendous pride in what they do and hold each other accountable, and every character acts true to themselves and true to their circumstances and reacts to what's going on around them in a way that's predictable based on their personality, but new situations challenge, challenge them and maybe can, can change them or cause them to have new moral dilemmas. That, pro wrestling can do that. I'd love for there to be a podcast and I, for, for WWE writers to sit around, and, and it would be a small audience relative to Raw, but talk about the show. Do a sh- you know, after Raw, on Tuesday, get together and rehash what happened. Discuss why they chose to do what they do. I mean, why not do that? Why not get people like us engaged on a different level? The, you know, the 14-year-old out there who just wants to believe or doesn't care about that kind of level of thinking won't listen to it. But I think it would, it would be fascinating to hear Vincent Mann or probably more likely Brian D. Wirtz and, and you know, John Cena or whoever to sit around and, and discuss what happened and why they did it. And I think they'd become better writers for doing it. And it's something that I suggested TNA in an editorial a couple years ago to really stand out. I suggested TNA after every pay-per-view do a live press conference where they took live emails and calls with smart fans, so to speak, Internet fans, questioning their decisions and react to it. People know it's scripted. Stay in the moment. Stay in the narrative from opening to closing credits or opening bell to closing bell. Stay within the narrative. Don't break from it. But when the show's over, give us a little something in a podcast format or on a, online, give us something where we can enjoy it on the same level that fans of Breaking Bad do. I'd love to see that, and I think the time has come to do it, and I think they'd be better writers for doing it. Um, anyway, uh, Dave from Pittsburgh, anything else? Uh, no, the only, only, thing I, only other thing I wanted to say was uh, Raw, I, I believe, is in Oklahoma City next week, so I was just hoping oh. uh, you know, Jim yeah. Ross wasn't going to take the uh, the axe on my TV or something, so they could embarrass oh. him again. So, oh gosh, that's part of the reason I asked. You know what? I could. You know what? Now that you say that, remember Triple H brought Ross back. So oh, Jason, God, yeah. could Ross be getting fired in his hometown next week because of all people, I brought you back, and look at how ungrateful you are. And Ross gets the axe. And you know what? I <laughs> I think Triple H should be the babyface in that circumstance. I, you know, going back to what you said earlier, Jason, I, I, I didn't see enough evidence why Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross should have been walking out on that show. I get that Lawler got hurt, but the idea of blaming Triple H for what Mark Henry did, I, I just don't think the, I don't think the plot is developed enough to do to support that. Yeah, if nothing else, you could have a pedigree coming. It's hard. I would hope, you uh, know, given some of the health issues he's had over the years, oh, they don't go there. But yeah. um, I mean, hell, they've had him wrestle since then, so it, it, I don't rule out anything as far as that concerned. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Uh, that's one to watch going into Monday for sure with it being in Oklahoma. I didn't even think about that part of it. All right, our number here is 646-721-9828. If you get right on, we'll get to you because we only have one person on hold right now. And let's go to that person, 917. Thanks for holding. Please state your name and where you're from. Uh, hello, this is Chris This is Chris from New York. And my you have a question. My question is on TNA. <laughs> my, my question is, do you see TNA re-signing Hulk Hogan because he is still a big name, and basically they probably need him for ratings. I'm kind of 50-50 on this. We got asked that yesterday, Jason, on the live cast when I was hosting with Bruce Mitchell. Um, I'm kind of, you know, 50-50 or, you know, I, I, don't, have, I don't think it's a real strong uh, yes or no. Are you hearing anything, or do you have a hunch of whether Hogan and Bischoff are around for another year or even longer? I believe they are. And, I mean, you think that's a done deal, or you think it's going to happen? I don't know if it's a done deal. If it's not, I believe. I mean, his contract is is up around bound for glory time, and and I believe it's a done deal. But I don't know it to be one hundred percent. I think ratings wise, what has Hogan brought? You know, I mean, I, I don't. 
if if Dixie Carter likes having him around, if he's opening some doors for them with video game companies and whatnot, great. But where are these video game deals? Where are these deals that Hulk Hogan was supposedly going to open doors for TNA to make? Yep. I, I, you know, I'm sure he's helping with over overseas syndication deals and and, th- and things of that nature. That's nice, but I, I I just don't see what major effect he's had on this company in terms of buy rates, ratings, etc. I'm sure his spin on it would be that well, I haven't, I haven't been able to wrestle all that much, brother, and, and now I'm ready. <laughs> it's bound for glory time. And yeah. I, I, I don't think people are going to be ordering that show specifically to see Sting and Hulk Hogan, the masses. I think the people who order that show, um, you know, it, it's a perk, but it just doesn't mean what it did when they did this back in the 90s. And yeah. uh, I don't know what Hogan's really bringing to the table. Bischoff obviously involved heavily behind the scenes. And Hogan is on on taping day, it, it very. I mean, it, we used to hear reports about, or from people in the company about how Hogan was was very intricately involved in going over different aspects of uh, finishes and whatnot. And, and lately, I'm not hearing that as much. He's he's been a little bit more withdrawn, and, and so I just don't know what exactly it is he's bringing to this company. And, and I assume that he's going to cost them a pretty penny if they do indeed resign him or have already. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT 8 Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go 8 years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Well, Jay Peter emailed and said, rumors are out there that Hogan is resigning with TNA. Somebody in the chat room also said he has resigned. He didn't, if, you, if you say something in the chat room that we're debating, give us a source. I mean, we have no problem giving credit out if somebody's reporting something, and at least then we can evaluate its credibility. Sometimes something will get out there that we haven't heard of, and, and we want to evaluate whether it's legit or not. Uh, but anyway, Jay Peter says, rumors are out there Hogan is resigning. Will TNA ever learn from their mistakes? And boy, that's a big question. But you know what? They're on a streak of three straight good programs. They are. And I think they're learning from their mistakes, but every, what, what, what's the, uh, a clock is right twice, a broken clock is right twice a day, twice a day. Um, you know, maybe this is TNA's broken clock period where they just happen to have some good shows and it's just kind of with happenstance, but they don't really know what's working. I, I would vote for not bringing Hogan back. I, I think the TV time and attention should go to someone else. He hasn't made enough of a difference in the rating. If they're thinking of making one more big move and they've got a big story, you know, a one-year storyline arc and they, they think it can work and he's going to somehow put other people over in the process, I'm very skeptical. 90 but, seconds. You know, maybe. But I, my, my vote would be no. Let's move on. Let's move on. It's 2011. It's time to move on. And I'd just say the same thing with Eric Bischoff. I'm all for managers, but I'm, I'm against GMs, especially heel GMs and heel executives. Let's get it back to storylines like Mark Henry, Randy Orton, and Robert Roode and Kurt Angle. That's the kind of thing that I think draws. I think it works, and that entertains me. Uh, so, yeah, my vote is against Hogan coming back, and Bischoff for that matter. Even though they're both, you know, especially Bischoff can be good at his role. I just think it's a role that's played out. Are you against Bischoff coming back seconds. in a, a behind-the-scenes capacity? Um, I, you know, to me, I think Bischoff would have to be brought back full-time in a behind-the-scenes capacity and really be motivated. And I, I don't know that having him just kind of interjecting himself uh, now and then and trying to steer things a little bit. Uh, I mean, perhaps he has something to add, but I don't know if, it's even, if he's not going to be an on-air character. Is it worth doing that? I, I think, in a way, 
Either he's motivated, he dives in, and the buck stops with him, or he's not around at all. I, I'm not quite sure that I see a great benefit to having him out there just you know, consulting. Maybe sending an email evaluating the show or something like that you know, on a very distant level, but I don't know, how about you? Well, I, I think you know the, the irony of it with Eric Bischoff being the guy who brought in you know so many guaranteed contracts—not the first to do it, but you know brought in so many of them. I, I'd put them both on incentive Ten deals. seconds. And I, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd make them, you know, hey, if the company does this number, then you get paid this much more. And I, I think if a lot of people were on those deals in TNA, things would change. Thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, we will be by tomorrow. It'll be Pat McNeil with uh, Titus Red, uh, ho- uh, his co-host, and we will. Uh, what's that? Red Titus. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we will also be by on uh, Thursday. James Call will be hosting with Greg Parks. And I will be by on Friday with a special guest. Thanks, Jason Powell. And now we move to the VIP after show. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. I knew as I was saying it, I was getting it wrong. And then I, <laughs> I was like, and we're out of time. And I'm like, I can't correct it. Um, a really nice gift for Pat, by the way. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, and I believe, uh, well, I'll let him announce next week's guest. I don't want to steal his center. He might not. But he's, I think he's got a, uh, a special guest lined up as co-host for next week also. So nice. um, that will be fun. So uh, I still got to uh, secure my, uh, my guest for, uh, for Friday's show. But I'm working on a couple possibilities that I, I think could turn out pretty, uh, pretty cool. Um, all right, Jason. Uh, well, we'll move to the VIP after show here. We do have uh, one more live cast question. Hopefully it's a VIP member who asked it. Um, but, uh, hey, Wade and Jason, do you think it's a good idea for WWE to bring up labor issues as a storyline when Linda McMahon is running for her, a Senate seat in her state and Connecticut might be investigating the contract labor status of the wrestlers? That's from Layton in New York. I, I, I think it, it's kind of a reach. I don't think people are going to be overanalyzing it to that degree. I mean, there's obviously labor issue investigations and whatnot, but... Uh, I, it, it'll, you know, it's going to come up, but I don't think they're going to be referencing what's happening on WWE television. I'd be very surprised based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm a little surprised that that with the election coming. I mean, uh, anything they do, I'm trying to think. What is the ulterior motive um, of uh, of doing this? Like the the labor issue, lawyers, like Triple H's speech. It was Triple H who said, you know, we didn't, we didn't bring in lawyers. We fought. We were like, man, and I'm starting to think, what, you know, what, what, what's that play here? Um, what, what is going on behind the scenes that inspired Vince McMahon to do this? Because it seems, I mean, it could just be winged. They might be winging it because David Otunga is a lawyer, and they kind of fell into him being a locker room lawyer, and they thought, hey, let's go with this. And it has nothing to do with something behind the scenes. But so often, so often historically, if you're a student of this industry and a student of Vince McMahon, he gets he, he gets worked up about things behind the scenes and brings them onto the air. So part of me wonders if somebody has if there haven't been some rumblings of this and they're trying to snuff it out by kind of setting an example uh, storyline wise what happens when you bring it up. Nothing I've heard. Yeah, but an interesting theory. Oh, while we're on the subject of lawsuits, what do you make of this Devin Nicholson thing where he's trying to sue WWE because he they detected that he had hepatitis during his. I assume it was a pre-screen exam. They're pretty thorough with those these days. And, um, I mean, look how long it took uh, both, uh, well, especially Chris Hero, who's, as far as we know, still not in developmental. And and they've been, uh, you know, working their way through this for a while. It took Claudio so long. Um, And and now he is suing because, basically, they have a no-blood policy. And, therefore, if there's no blood, then shouldn't a guy with hepatitis be able to wrestle? Yeah, I know. 
Um, I, I, my first reaction to that was, I can't even imagine this getting anywhere. Um, right. I, 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 I was so astounded by it that I felt like I almost need to do some research on this because it, like, when something just seems so open and shut, like a bad idea, like it just it makes no sense to sue over that. I mean, that's like suing a a, a police suing a police department because they wouldn't hire you because you're, uh, you know, you you were. Uh, 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 found guilty of embezzlement from your last job or something. I mean, or, you know, not, don't hire someone as an accountant because they don't know math. I mean, you can't do your job. You can't wrestle with that condition. I, uh, so I don't know. I, I need to learn more about it to find out if, if there's something, some argument that can be made for why he thinks he should have been hired to be in a position to perhaps make, put the health of his, the people he works with at risk. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess one thing that I, I reached out to him yesterday and haven't heard. Oh back. yeah, I, I'm, I'm not Devin Nicholson, but Sean Waltman. He goes down to Florida Championship Wrestling, and I, I'm curious to know: does he get in the ring and work out with those guys, or is he more standing at ringside? And I, I just don't know the answer because, I mean, I, I think the case itself is ludicrous. Um, I think WWE should have every right to protect their talent, and it's unfortunate whether it was from Abdul the Butcher or wherever he got it. You know, I mean, it's unfortunate that Devin Nicholson acquired this disease, but um, WWE, I don't think, is in the wrong here in this. But I do worry that if you know, if all of a sudden we find out that Sean Waltman, who's been very open about his own uh, hepatitis issues, if he's getting in the ring down in Florida Championship Wrestling, then you know, does that give him Devin Nicholson? and his attorneys a little bit of fuel or a little bit of ammunition, I should say. Yeah. I, I, I think if, if Waltman is, is working out with guys in the ring, and I actually don't know the answer to that, it's, a controlled envi- it's more of a controlled environment. If, if, if he were to bleed at all, you know, they can just immediately stop everything. You know, it's not, it's not like on television. I think the idea being if you put somebody in, and, I, and again, I'm not an expert on the hepatitis transmission and how it works, but um, I, I think probably if he's in the ring, it probably would be a bad idea in leaving WWE open to lawsuits, perhaps. I don't know. So maybe he doesn't get in the ring and work out with those guys. But if, if he does, I would think the excuse would be, well, you're not live on TV with the pressure to keep working through, you know, uh, 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 some sort of blood or that type of thing. So I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, it, it deserves a little more research, and, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jeff Hardy in jail, um, serving his time, um, getting it out of the way. I I, the, the Jeff Hardy story is interesting. Uh, Jason, are you, I'm not hearing from anybody that, and, and it doesn't mean that it's comprehensive and you know following around all the time. But I'm not hearing from anybody anything bad about Jeff Hardy, and that this is a totally you know fake TV only storyline, and he's the same old person. Um, I'm getting some indications that he's at least putting up a front that he's changed. Are, are you hearing the same thing? Is is this maybe uh, you know TV mirroring real life? I haven't heard any negative so far, and normally when he or anybody else that has a history of, of, of having issues screws up, we hear about it pretty quickly. And yeah. so, I mean, it's not like I'm digging around too much trying to find out what, what's going on with him, but the fact that you know, I, I almost look at no news as good news in this case. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, the jail time, it's in, the only thing, I mean, it's he, TMZ's got the story that, uh, a source is telling them that Hardy just wants to get it out of the way ASAP. And, yeah. and you know, that's all well and good either way, no matter how he goes about it, as long as he serves the time that he was sentenced to. But I did find it odd that late last night, because he supposedly went in on Monday to begin serving the sentence, and they're apparently trying to work us. And, you know, if TMZ's story is accurate, because there were 
messages on Jeff Hardy's Twitter page late last night. So I, I don't know what motivation they could have for doing that, but uh, it looks like I don't know if it's you know would be his wife. Maybe. It was Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle hacked him just to get back at all the people who have hacked Kurt Angle. Hey, if he was Kurt Angle, he would have found a way to not even go to jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're about to go to another commercial break. Why are you listening to commercial breaks? Why deal with these interruptions when you can become a VIP member, support the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, the PW Torch Daily Casts, and the entire team and everything that we do, and get a ton in return for your membership by becoming a VIP member. Go to pwtorchvipinfo.com for full details, 30-plus years of archives of podcasts, retro radio shows, over 1,600 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, a fascinating march through our coverage of wrestling history, and so much more, including ad-free versions of the Wade Keller Podcast, Wade Keller Post Shows, and PW Torch Daily Casts, and several exclusive VIP podcasts just about every day, dozens of VIP exclusive podcast that you're not hearing because you're not a VIP member. So go VIP, pwtorchvipinfo.com. Subscribe to our VIP podcast feed and listen in a streamlined way with no interruptions to all of our podcasts. Again, that's pwtorchvipinfo.com. Hi, this is John Arezzi. Matt Memories, My Wildlife in Pro Wrestling, Country Music, and with the Mets is now available everywhere books are sold. Co-written by Greg Oliver, Matt Memories is the story of my roller coaster life. Learn the inside stories about my days as the host of the groundbreaking Pro Wrestling Spotlight radio show and as the wrestling convention pioneer and dealmaker. I hold nothing back. Matt Memories, available now from ECW Press. The Hardys, I mean, TNA's been fun lately, and I do want to talk a little bit about it. I mean, I, yeah. I, like, I like the buildup. Um, uh, John Kudo, uh, a friend of mine, and, and I know you know John too, Jason, he's uh, become a Torch specialist writing a weekly column called uh, True, False, To Be Determined, and he picks out three subjects that are kind of up in the air um, and discusses them and, de- and, and makes a judgment that one is true. You know, one, some piece of conventional wisdom or theory, I think, has been proven true with something that happened this, you know, recently, and then something else he'll say is false, you know, that there's some... some premise that, that has been out there that has been debated and I think he concludes we can now say this is false and then he says here's, a, here's another one that's floating out there and it, it, we're still waiting for it to be determined and his to be determined was Robert Roode his premise that is still do, to be determined is Robert Roode is a lead center, center of the promotion babyface um, and, and he made a good case pro and con why we don't really know yet whether he is but he was skeptical of it um, and, and I do think as good as the storyline has been uh, and, and I've said it. I was skeptical of Rude being a, a top main event guy. I had people, wrestlers, whose opinions I respect greatly, who are huge fans of Robert Rude. I think he's a popular guy behind the scenes. They like his work ethic. They like him as a person. And, uh, and guys like working with him. And so I think there was all, you know, wishful thinking. This is a guy who maybe can become a top-level guy. And now he's getting that chance after all these years with a great storyline on a, on a big show. I think they've just done a, a stellar job, and he's played his part really well. But – as uh, Torch Specialist John Kudo asked, is he really, when, when he wins that title, if he does, is he a guy that they, that they can build around? Is he a guy that can sell pay-per-views as the lead babyface? Can he cut lead babyface promos? My vote is yes at this point, but I, I'm tentative too, and I'm curious what you think. I, I think John was right with the TBD on that one, and yeah. I, I lean toward no. 
Um, okay. I think, you know, I, I've talked to people, in fact, just today I was talking to some people about him, too, in TNA, and, and very similar to what you're saying, in terms of, you know, they all really respect his in-ring ability. I think he's kind of a wrestler's wrestler, where, you know, they, they, things that the average fan isn't going to pick up on, the wrestlers see, and they really appreciate how he does it in the ring. They, you know, almost flawless is the word someone used to describe his in-ring work lately, and and that's great, but I also feel like, He's yet to show me enough range as far as his mic skills are concerned. He's very, you know, pretty much straightforward. Um, he can play up the sympathy part a little bit of it, or some. He can he can play up the sympathy angle a little bit, but can he cut that big money promo as champion? I, I think it's easier to cut. The money promo when you're chasing the champion, and this is my finally getting the shot after all these years and all that, than it is to now you're the champion, now you've got to talk people into the building to come see you defend the title. I'm skeptical. I I hope that he can. And I'm not saying he can. He's never had the Mm -hmm. opportunity. But I lean toward no just because I don't think he's got the charisma for it. I, yep. I just, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong. I'd really like to see him do well. I, I see more in James Storm as far as like star power potential than I do in Robert Roode. Yeah, and I mean Bruce Mitchell's been an advocate longer than I have of James Storm being a central character, and I, I like having, I like the idea of TNA embracing. This is something WCW moved away from for years. The the Southern or the Southeast promotion, and they tried to go national. Eric Bischoff did that successfully, and then. TNA's in Nashville, based out of Nashville, and Jeff Jarrett with the, with the Southern Twang, run by Jerry Jarrett, with, you know, the, the, um, uh, the Harris Twins. And it was just like it felt too Southern, you know, and then, and Don West even. And then, now I think they've kind of lost that. And I think Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan have helped in that respect. Sting before him helped. Kurt Angle before him helped. Christian and the Dudleys helped. They're not a Southern promotion. They have their, they're, they're something else that hasn't been good, but I don't think anyone thinks they're too Southern. But now I think... That's not, that's not something for them to worry about. And I think there's almost, since this man is so anti-good old boy, you know, he sees hillbillies or people from the, he sees people from the South as hillbillies or a Southern accent as something that regionalizes you and, and holds you back. And he looks down on it. And I think we could speculate part of it is growing up in a trailer park in North Carolina and wanting to get away from that and, and be more like his dad, who didn't give him a lot of attention when he was a kid. And, and oddly, uh, if I could interject, yeah. oddly enough, you know, people say Vince Russo is very much the same way. Uh, you know, people from uh, the yeah. South especially feel like Vince Russo isn't very fond of Southerners. And, hey, I mean, he's about as, as much of a Yankee as you get, <laughs> you know, I mean, in that respect. I mean, you listen to him. And the way that he, uh, you know, he's, he's very much uh, fits the, 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 the stereotype of, uh, of a Northeast guy, a Yankee, who doesn't like Southerners. So I think, though, James Storm is old, something old becomes new again from not having happened for so long. And I think there's some, some you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin in him a little, but, but even more so, I think there's some dusty roads there. And, I mean, I've drawn, you know, I think he's a combination of a lot of wrestlers, but as a, as a good old boy babyface, I think he, he talks smack like Steve Austin with the beer and, and the attitude and the bravado, but there's some dusty roads there as kind of a, an underdog and an everyman, and I just think there's money there. I really do. But he's a little bit smaller, and he, I, don't, I don't think he's regarded as being as good of a hand in the ring as Robert Roode, and I think that's part of it. Maybe he's not as deserving or, as, or not as reliable or not as whatever, you know, in, the, in terms of in-ring performances. But I don't know. Personality-wise, James Storm, he's a good fallback plan. I think if they build the storyline up, and I mean doing something over 18 months where Storm and Root are kind of co-baby faces, 
and Storm's kind of the good old boy, but he's kind of the Randy Savage to Robert Roots Hulk Hogan, and eventually, or the Paul Orndorff to Hulk Hogan, or you know, you know, there's other examples. Eventually, but they can't do this in six weeks. They can't do it next week. They can't do it in six weeks. Don't do it in three months. Do it in a year to a year and a half after really establishing the Batman-Robin type situation. Then you can kind of figure out who do we want to turn and how do we want to do it and do that, recreate Orndorff Hogan with that slow brew where they've been friends for so long it really matters that they're breaking up. Don't, you know, and and I, I think there's something there. Apple Podcasts compatibility new with PW Torch VIP Podcasts in 2021. If you're an iPhone user and you want a simple way to access our full VIP Podcast library as new podcasts come out every day, we have good news. New in 2021, single-click compatibility with Apple Podcasts' native app on iPhone, CarPlay, your iMac, or your MacBook Pro laptop. Now, as soon as you sign up and become a VIP member, there's a single-click link in your sign-up email that will launch PW Torch's VIP Podcasts in Apple Podcasts. Podcast. No username, no password to enter. It's as simple as it gets. Go VIP, find out more information on all the benefits that come with the VIP membership at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. And now we not only accept payments through PayPal, but also a direct credit card or debit card sign up and also through Patreon. I'm a little more, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm a little bit more um, confident than you are in Robert Root because I, was, I would, had not arguments, but certainly challenged people who were endorsing Root in past years to me. Um, but I'm a little bit more on the Root bandwagon right now, and I think what you're, what you're skeptical of, you're right to be skeptical of, but I have a little bit more faith that I think he can come through if he wins that title as that, that lead, earnest, uh, everyman babyface. And I think James Storm's a good gatekeeper in a way, um, kind of the, the rowdy uh, guy who doesn't quite have the discipline of Robert Roode and is happy being where he is, and he's happy for Robert, and they milk that for a year to a year and a half. Well, see, I think, I think the build has been good enough that assuming he wins the title, and I'd be really shocked and disappointed if he didn't have found for glory, yeah, yeah. I, I think people are going to rally behind that, and I think there's going to be a honeymoon period, and he's oh. going to do well then. I, that's when it's really time for him to kick it into a, you know, just really show what he has, and I think we're going to find out fairly quickly. I think that I don't think the honeymoon period lasts all that long, and, and then it's, the, the question becomes, can he become a draw? I, I think if he were in WWE, I think right now they would have him cast at the Intercontinental U.S. title level. I don't see him as a WWE main eventer. doesn't mean he can't be one in TNA, but I always, when it comes to TNA, I always worry when, you know, when they push a guy like Styles, or in this case, Rude, in that top role, how quickly do they lose faith and turn it over to somebody who's been in WWE? Um, I mean, I right. like the idea of a long-term story with Storm and Rude. I think that that could be really good. I haven't even ruled out, Wade, that they're turning Rude at the pay-per-view. Vince Russo's ultimate yep. swerve, they give him this monster buildup. Because Kurt Angle's not in Immortal. Um, you know, he's aligned with Hulk Hogan to some extent, but they've never really made him part of Immortal. And I wonder if you know they could do some kind of weird double double turn. I think it would be odd, and, and but I, ultimately, long term, I see that being more of a role that Rude's going to be able to play. Is just a is similar. I mean, I think they were on the right path with his previous character, 
I think he would have been better in the, you know, not not the all-out Ric Flair Jr. clone that AJ Styles played, but if Flair was his advisor, if he actually dressed the part. I mean, there were so many issues with you know, that Robert Roode character. Where he, I mean, they're, they're making him out to be this millionaire, and he doesn't look the part at all. Right. Um, but if all of a sudden, you know, he, if Flair adopted him, and it's probably too late because they've already tried it with Styles and it failed, and it would look like a copycat. But I, I do think that if he looked the part, dressed the part, had Flair endorsing him, played that horseman leader type of character, I think he could be a very good top heel for TNA. And I think Storm is the guy that I would go with as the, as the lead babyface and, and, and chasing Robert Roode at some point. And, you know, I, I would hope it happens later rather than sooner because I don't want to see them just do another big shocking turn. Uh, just just for the sake of turning someone, but I, that's you know that's kind of how I see it. I think with Storm, two things I want to see change. I, I, I never want to hear "sorry about your damn luck" again. I, I, I just it doesn't apply ninety nine percent of the times he says it, and I also want to see him just abandon the beer bottle. Um, I mean, it was annoying as hell when they kept using it as a finish when they were a heel tag team, but yeah. it just draws, it elicits that automatic Steve Austin comparison, and he's better than that. You know, he, he doesn't need to, oh, he's just another Steve Austin clone. He, he's, he can stand on his own. I think when you have that bottle out there all the time, he's always drinking beer, it makes him look less serious as an athlete and just gets those Steve Austin comparisons. Yeah, I, I, I see your point on the, <clears throat> on the beer. I think it's been long enough where, and I think he's different enough. This isn't Mr. Anderson who's kind of looking a little bit like him. But, but I see your point, and I kind of, I think I'm swayed as far as that comes. I haven't thought about it either way, but I think that's a good point. I'm not so sure about the sorry about your damn luck thing, just because I, 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 think, I think the idea is sorry about your damn luck. I'm about to kick your ass, and, and you're about to lose. And it's sort of like, you know, facetious. You know, it's not luck. It's I'm going to kick your ass. So sorry about your damn luck. I think it'll, but I think it's a, it's, it's a good catchphrase. He says it so well. I think if they went with him as a lead babyface, it kind of becomes his Austin 316. Um, could and, be, yeah, you know, I could see that. And, and I think he, it's a merchandise seller. And, I, you know, like Bruce said, I, I, think, well, I think it was yesterday, Bruce said he'd wear a Mark Henry T-shirt. Was that, was that the wrestler he said? I mean, I, I don't wear wrestling T-shirts. You know, it's, it's, you, know, you and I have been in press boxes for events. You know, if you're part of the media, you don't wear, like, you don't go to a Vikings game if you're part of the media and wear a Vikings jersey. You're just, right. it doesn't work. And in, you know, in my life, I don't, you know, in regular life, I don't wear wrestling t-shirts. Just, I would if I weren't doing this job. And I was a wrestling fan, and I have absolutely no problem with anybody doing it. But it isn't exactly professional, you know, to go to a wrestling show wearing a t-shirt for the promotion you're covering or a different promotion, and you're going to be kind of laughed at as a mark um, if your job is to cover the sport, if you're wearing a t-shirt for a wrestler. You know, you don't want to be caught on camera uh, hooting and hollering at a wrestling show if you're covering the show as part of your job. It just, it just professionals don't do that. Um, if you go to a game, a football game, and you're a Viking beat reporter, and you go to a baseball game in a different market, and you want to cheer for a team, fair enough, that's totally different. So all this is to say, I would still be tempted to wear a sorry about your damn luck t-shirt, you know, if I was going to go to the gym. I kind of like that phrase. And, and uh, so even though I wouldn't wear it to a show, I, 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 I like that catchphrase enough, and I, I think if they really went with him as a single star, I think they can make some money with it. So my leaning is to disagree with you there and say stick with it, but be careful about overusing it. Be careful, and be careful sort of like with the Jim Cornette character when he was in WWE. No, nobody ever explained why anyone would want him to manage him. You know, the original story in Memphis was his mama was rich, and, and he took money from his mom, and he, liked, he was a control freak, and he wanted to manage wrestlers and, you know, blab and talk for them and beat up people he didn't like. I mean, they had a backstory for him. They never did that with Cornette. If you're going to push James Storm, 
give us the backstory again. What is that phrase about? Let's, let's learn what it means. So you don't, people don't have the feeling you do, Jason, which is it doesn't make sense. What is that all about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. I, I guess I, I probably went overboard in saying I never want to hear it again. If you can use it selectively and, yeah. and make it gel with the promo, there's just I can't even think of a good example. There have just been too many times where the promo's fine, it could end fine, but then he needs to sneak it in where it doesn't feel like it applies to me. Um, and and I've, you know, I've, when, I, when I've complained about it in hit lists and whatnot, I've had people, it's kind of mixed reaction. Some people are like, yeah, I totally agree. I don't, you know, I don't know why he needed to use it there. And other people love it. So, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. If he's more selective, I guess that's one. In retrospect, I'm okay with. It's nice that we can talk ourselves into agreement. Yes, for the most part. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Did you know that through Patreon, you can get this show with the ads and plugs removed for just $4.99 a month and enjoy our podcasts on whatever podcast app you're using or directly through the Patreon app. Check out full details at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. Wipe away the ads to the Wade Keller podcast, post shows, and PW Torch daily casts. That's 14 pro wrestling podcasts per week with the ads and plugs removed for just $4.99 per month. Support us and enjoy a streamlined listening experience. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PWTorch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Beth Phoenix, Natalia versus Kelly Kelly and Eve. Kelly Kelly going nuts, um, showing some side of her we hadn't seen before. Uh, your thoughts on that angle on Raw last night? Uh, awful. I, I, I just I can't. I'm not into much of anything they've done with Kelly Kelly. I, I know she's pretty, and I know that's why she's in this role, and people react to her. And she does get. I mean, I, I'm fine with her being a featured diva. I'm not fine with her being competitive, let alone dominant, when she's in there with Beth Phoenix, whose entire gimmick to me is that she's the dominant heel. I mean, I, I see her as more of a female Mark Henry um, than I do the Miz, and lately she strikes me as more of the Miz. She can't, you know, she struggled to beat Kelly in two pay-per-view matches. She finally gets the job done. She cries, or tried to, and I'm like, why is the heel crying because she won the title? And then, yeah. you, you know, you, you, then last night, Kelly just starts screaming. She's the loudest person in the building at the time. The fans are just kind of like, what's going on? It, it felt way too forced to me. I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't care for it. How about you? Um, I, I didn't dislike it as much as you did, but, but I'm, I, I just, I, I, it's hard to buy Kelly as, as like, uh, you know, having that in her. And so it, it didn't ring true to me. It felt a little forced. But, I mean, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? With Kel- if you're going to push Kelly, I mean, 
I, do, to trust her to have her do an interview where she says, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to lose, lose faith. I got two wins I didn't think, but, you know, I didn't think I'd win, but I was an underdog and I won. I started to get confidence and now I lost and Beth has taken it away from me. And I mean, I don't like, what do you, I don't know if there's a good promo if you're going to use her, but if you're going to have her in world title matches, women's world title matches, diva title matches, I mean, you got to do something with her. So I, I guess it's one of those cases where I want to see what the follow-up is. Um, if they can bring something else out of her that we didn't think was in her, I mean, I guess that's fine. I, the idea that, you know, we were shocked by this, you know, I, I can't believe she had this in her. It's just, it's so out of character. I mean, I guess in a way it's kind of intriguing. So I, I'm, I'm not completely against it just because I think it gives them something to do. Because if you ask me, well, what would you do instead? I'm not sure that I have much I could do with Kelly that would, that would be interesting other than she's showing a side to her that maybe fans will pay to see. I don't know. It's tough, you know, I mean, and part of the problem is, you know, Beth Phoenix is supposed to be, you know, you mentioned her crying when she won the title, tearing up, you know, don't do that on camera, you're a heel, you know, right. don't make us, don't make us think, you know, it's, it's what they started to do with Mark Henry, you know, there was that fear that fans are going to cheer Mark Henry, and they successfully steered him away by having him tell off the fans, and beating up Lawler, and, and, and beating up Ross, all of a sudden it's like, okay, if I was feeling any sympathy for this guy, I don't have it anymore, um, and, and, and I think they need to do that with Best Phoenix. You know, heels need heel heat. They don't need Booker complimenting them for showing initiative. They need Booker condemning them for not showing sportsmanship or sportswomanship. And with Beth Phoenix, you don't, if her goal is to get booed, don't go out there and start tearing up because you won a title. Um, and, and so I think Beth Phoenix should have been the one who would have been rubbing it in the face of Kelly Kelly that, you know, she won. And I mean, to a degree she was holding the belt up in the air, but really rub it in. And, you know, kind of do what, what Christopher Daniels maybe is doing with AJ, a variation on it. But that's another thing, by the way, Jason, is Daniels, I think, has done the best work I've seen him do um, to shift gears because I'm tired of Beth and Kelly, even though I'm mid-thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought of something I'd rather do. It's like, it's like my two-and-a-half-year-old. Cars, cars. Oh, puzzle, puzzle. I, I saw something else in the corner of my eye that I want to talk about. Uh, Daniel Styles, I thought, has been really good on impact. It's a heel who is, here's a reason he's a heel. He won on a fluke, and he's breaking like he dominated Styles after losing to him multiple times. That's a storyline, to go back a little bit to Beth Kelly, that I think could have worked in a, with a, you know, a, a twist on it to fit the personalities here. Have Beth go, see, this proves I'm dominant. This proves I was always better than you. All Kelly had to do was go, in the last three matches, I'm 2-1 and one against you. Give me a rematch. That's enough for me. I, I think maybe you do the desperation thing when it's more prompted, when it seems more, more relevant. But anyway, I like the Daniel Style stuff on Impact. That's one of the reasons I've, I've really enjoyed Impact lately. So thoughts on either of those? Oh, well, I, I, I've had enough of uh, the, the Divas already. But uh, uh, Daniels, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying what they're doing. It's not some you know, character, the fallen angel, that's never been properly defined anywhere that I've seen, even though he tells people it has been. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like Jim Cornette. You've got to redo it every, two, every, every time you have a new audience. You've got to start from scratch on it. You really do, and I mean, I've I've watched him in Ring of Honor. I've watched him in TNA. I, you know, I've seen some of his indie work before then, and I've never quite grasped what it was. Even though I like the look and, and certain aspects of it, I want to know what this character is really about, and it's never been explained. Yeah. Once you strip that away, I mean, I still don't understand why he's always going to wear the guy liner, but... Because uh, <laughs> he's bald and has nothing else going for him that's distinctive. And has no eyebrows. Um, or at least they don't show up on TV for some reason, if you look. Yeah. Uh, but, he, yeah, he's really doing a great job with this. This is yep. a, a very well-written storyline. Um, even just last week, just it wasn't a, a, a big part of the show. But that brief interview they did with Daniels, catching him and asking him if he's going to give Styles that next match, and him just laughing it off, like, I already beat mm -hmm. him. 
Yep. Uh, it, it's great. I mean, I know this is this is how Christopher Daniels should be used, and I think it's also a good slot for AJ Styles. He's got a reason to be upset with him. It's just it, it's a logic. It, it's just common logic. It's not that complicated, and and I think that's one of the things we've been screaming about with TNA for years too. It just go back to the basics, and in this case, they are, and I think they're finding a lot of success with it. Yep. What what the, the, it's just simple. Keep it simple. Don't dumb it down. I'm not talking about making a dump, but keep it simple. There's a guy who doesn't deserve to be bragging at the level he's bragging, and he's, and he's annoying doing it. He's obnoxious. He's the guy at work who's been sloughing off for 11 months, and then all of a sudden he lucks into a big sale because some relative was, you know, bought some, something, you know, got him a big account or something, and now he brags about being number one. And you're just rolling your eyes going, you, you, you were lazy for 11 months. You've been holding everybody down. You get lucky. Shut up. That, you know, people can relate to that. Nobody relates to what Triple H is going through. You know, some, right. you know it's just like, how, how, does, how do people relate to it? Keep it simple. Like, really, it's like Daly from France said. He tunes into wrestling because he thinks really hard all day. And his brain is on, and he's, he just wants to kick back and have some simple storylines with believable characters that he can relate to. And that's what's working about TNA Impact right now. Um, uh, raw ratings are in. I, have you seen them yet, Jason? I did, yes. Okay, so I won't quiz you on it because that would be cheating. Um, 3.04, um, up from the 3.92 last week, up from the 3.00 the week before, and up from the 2.71 the week before that, and up from the 3.00 before that. Best rating since August 29th. Um, and uh, the third best rating in the last 10 weeks, if I'm just looking at this right. So, I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, what was Monday Night Football last night? I didn't even flip it on. It, it was a close game, but it was not an attractive game. It was the Colts and Buccaneers. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the Colts are okay. but Well, no, you know, they're Mark, not because they don't have Peyton Manning. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, without Peyton, it does. But, you know, as a team, I, you know, they've been to the Super Bowl with the Bucs. It's, it's been a little longer for them. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a day after a pay-per-view. They um, they're, they're going up against the baseball playoffs. I think the oh, Yankees true. were playing last night. That's um, a good point, yeah. You know, so, I mean, they're, even though it wasn't a great football game, I think there was still another sports fix out there for people yeah. who are likely to watch Monday Night Football normally. If they weren't inclined to watch football, maybe they were shifting over to baseball a little bit. Yes, yep. Yeah, I don't know if there's much else to say about it. I, I guess a year ago they did a 3.31 rating. So, well, you know, I mean, they're down from a year ago. The first and second hour was interesting to me. That was one of the things I praised him for in my audio that I did earlier today was that even though I didn't like the last angle with Triple H, it, I think it was one of those, those, those segments that you just had to keep watching to see where it's all, how, how does this all end? Yeah. So even if people weren't into or were frustrated by what was happening, I think you still keep watching going, well, where are they going with this? Because it, it was original. It wasn't something we see on a regular basis. And then you also throw in that really long 12-man tag that when I saw it on paper, I'm just like, oh, God, this is the main event. They're just going with the total filler show. And instead, it you know turned out to be a really entertaining match, and it was a good, long 26-minute match. And yeah. uh, So I, you know, it doesn't surprise me that second-hour rating was – or the second hour was able to hold people. Uh, so I, I just – but again, I go back to questioning whether or not that, that Triple H storyline that they're doing is good for the long term, uh, yeah. just for the company itself going long term. I think it's a big enough angle. They'll, they'll, they'll do well next week. I think people are going to want to tune in to see what happens. Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Also, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. This show, the podcasts, have our blue logo. The Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows have our red logo. Just search Wade Keller and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Pro Wrestling Podcasts 
and click subscribe to the red logo and you can download our raw smackdown aew and sometimes nxt post shows i'm joined by a co-host to add a different perspective to the analysis for the show where we talk to live callers on-site correspondents who are in the building who tell us what did not air on tv and we also answer mailbag questions those shows are available for download within a few hours after the show's end on monday wednesday and friday nights so there's a fast turnaround to get your fix So check it out. That's the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Just search Wade Keller. You can also stream the show live at wadekellerpostshow.com about five minutes after the show's end on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night. I think one thing I would have liked to have heard the announcers say before they walked out is, what does this mean for SmackDown? Yeah, I know. Triple H is COO of the whole company, not just Raw. Maybe it's just going to be him and Big Show showing up. I, well, I think it just, yeah, it'll be Big Show and Teddy Long. Teddy Long will be like, what happened? <laughs> Where is everybody? I was busy on Monday. It was my grandma's birthday, you know, or, you know, my mom's birthday or something. Um, you know, and, and uh, Dave Brown was talking uh, in a clip that I aired on uh, Friday's episode with uh, John Primarini and Jerry Jarrett on our Interview Friday episode of PW Torch Livecast. And I played a clip of, uh, of Dave Brown from an interview I did back around 1990, 91. And he was talking about uh, where the ring broke early in the show. They had a new ring crew and they didn't solidify the, ring, the post and the ring collapsed early in the show. And they had to fill an hour and a half without a ring. And I, I just, I kind of think, you know, what if, what if SmackDown opens and there's no wrestlers? They're all sitting in the back protesting. They showed up so they'd get paid, but they're having a sit-in or something like that. And Teddy Long's like, what's going on? I need, I need you guys. And, you know, it, somehow they turn that into an angle. I mean, if everyone just shows up at SmackDown business as usual, I, that's another storyline gap. And to me, it's something obvious to bring up if Don West was on color commentary because he was an announcer who was so engaged in the product and, and wasn't a perfect color commentator in every way. I'm not saying that, but one of his strengths, especially at the end, was he was engaged in watch the show like a fan would. And he, was, he wasn't just going through the talking points on the script. He was thinking about it. And he's a guy who would have been like at a commercial break, well, what about SmackDown? I need to bring that up. Let's, you know, fans are wondering, well, should they tune in for SmackDown? What's going to happen? Use that as a hook. I think SmackDown could have popped the biggest rating yet or at least maybe, you know, stayed above 2.0, if this week they said not only will Big Show be showing up, but who else will after this walkout? What will Triple H do between now and Friday? Do we know if Triple H has finished, uh, you know, uh, pulling apart the uh, Titan Tron and loading the ring into the truck yet? I, I don't know who else would have done that. Everybody else walked out on him last night. That's true. Well, there were, one cameraman stayed to the end. We know at least that. There were two. We got the hard camera guy, and then the one guy up on the stage actually stuck around, too. The, the one guy in the ring, the, the, the ringside guy, he set it down. He, I was okay. kind of waiting for that to be the final image of the show, is like the sideways camera shot at Triple H. Yeah, <laughs> that would have actually been good. <laughs> um, one other subject um, on my end, and then I, we can wrap I need to wrap up because the weather's been so nice, I've been playing a little bit of hooky in the afternoon trying to eke the last bit of summer I can out of Minnesota here. Uh, and got a long night ahead of me uh, with the newsletter deadline. But uh, Hurricane Helms, uh, uh, Mick Foley, Edge, a few others are showing up to do essentially a benefit show for Hurricane. And, and I, 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 want, I know you interviewed him for the site. Maybe you have some insight into this. Why are we doing a charity show for a guy who got hurt and, from a DWI? I mean, I, I can understand if it was for, you know, women against drunk driving, a, ch- a charity show, but why because Hurricane can't wrestle? Cause, and I'm not trying to be heartless. I'm just trying to say of all the charities in the world – why are people volunteering their time for, to, to help pay the bills for somebody who, you know, caused his own problems and could have hurt somebody else along the way? Maybe I'm missing something. 
Well, when I interviewed him, he was still going through the legal course and and really couldn't say much about it. Shortly thereafter, he actually admitted during, I think it was like the next week is when everything was finalized. And so he was able to, when he was interviewed by Brian Fritz between the ropes.com, he he admitted that he had the DUI. So I gained respect for him there that, that he actually came out. And at first, I had the same feeling about this benefit. In fact, when Velvet Sky started, uh, you know, asking for donations to help with his medical bills on on her Twitter page and website, I, I got a few emails from people going, "Boy, well, you know, what are yeah. some of these people going to think when they send in donations if it does come out that he was drinking?" Yeah. Um, but the nice thing about this is that it started as a benefit for Helms, and and I was caught off guard a little bit too, wondering how people were going to view this, but. It's come out since then, via Mick Foley in his blog, that Helms is declining the money to help with his medical costs. He is he's chosen instead. He wants to take whatever money is raised and to fund a public service announcement so that he can get the word out and tell people about you know what's happened to him and how it's not worth it. Yeah. Well, good. And I and I hope that's where the money goes. I think if if if, if Adam Copeland or Mick Foley or anybody else who's friends with them who are millionaires, and Edge and McFoley are millionaires. Help your friend with medical bills. I'm not saying I would turn my back on a friend who got in, a, in an accident with a DWI. You know, I mean, there's many, many good people who have gotten in the car when they shouldn't have and got away with it, and Hurricane Helms didn't. And it's not to defend it. It's not a good thing, and nobody should be proud of it. But I don't think the first thing I would do is start asking people to send me money if I couldn't afford my medical bill, and that rubbed me the wrong way. To me, it sounds like maybe that clicked. And so if Adam Copeland or Mick Foley or whoever, who have a lot of money, want to help a friend out with bills, fine. But don't ask me or wrestling fans for charity when it comes to that. If the money truly, truly is going to a celebrity telling people, hey, this happened to me, don't do it, and that's where all the money that comes from the fans goes, I, I, think, I think then there's something to be. That, that, that's, that's a better situation. I don't think that's how it started. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and um, I, I just think there's a lot of good causes out there. And um, I think private donations from friends of his who have a lot of money, that's one thing. But asking fans to send in money, that, 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 that seemed wrong. So this seems a little better. I'm still a little leery, but this seems better. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying, and I, I kind of had similar feelings. But the more I think about it, it's like, at first, when it first came out and Velvet was doing it, and it was unknown at the time, did he was he drinking or not? When it came out that he was, it was like, oh, this is bad. There, there are going to be some people that are going to regret the donations they've made. But as far as like, if they want to hold, if somebody wants to hold a charity event to help somebody out, I think as long as you're upfront with uh. the fact that you know, hey, this is a DUI, he's admitted to it, doesn't change the fact that he's got some massive medical costs. You, you know, as long as you're up front and you're telling people the real story, then you're leaving it up to them to choose whether or not they want to attend. Then I'm fine with it. You know, I mean, that, yeah. because I, just because he had a DUI doesn't mean he should be completely shunned and nobody should help him with his bills. I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling-related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Ernie Ladd? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small, so if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. 
No, and, and I'm all for, if Adam Copeland, and, like I'd say Adam Copeland and Mick Foley in particular, because they're millionaires. Yeah. Just pay his freaking medical bill. Don't ask me to do it. <laughs> you know, you're, there are millionaires asking fans to go support somebody who, is in, who can't continue in his chosen profession because he got on a motorcycle drunk and crashed it. I, you know, I just, that, that it, it's not so much I've heard with Hurricane Helms, Gregory Helms doing it. Yeah, he needs money, and I, if he can't pay his bills and he can't earn money, I mean, yeah, ask, ask for some help. Maybe run a local show for your friends in town. But to have Mick Foley or Adam Copeland or any, you know, these people sending out, you know, making statements going, let's help a friend in need, just, just help your friend in need. You're a millionaire, but don't ask me for money. Ask me to donate to the Humane Society or to Mothers Against Drunk Driving or the American Cancer Society or, you know, whatever. But, you know, I, I just think in the long list of charities that we could all probably do a better job, and Jason, I know, and I'm not, I know you don't want to talk about it, but you're, you're, you, do your, you do your fair share, and I really admire you for that. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, there's really good causes out there. I just think with, with the type of influence Edge and McFoley can do, can have, this just isn't where I think they should be spending their time. Just give, give a buddy some money. But don't ask me to do it for this cause. And, I, and again, it's not, I'm not kicking Greg when he's down. I mean, I really hope people don't turn their back on him who are their friends. I just don't think when it comes to charity events, this should be high on the list of people the caliber of Edge and Foley. They're millionaires. Cover his bills. Help him out. Don't ask me to do it. Help, ask me to help somebody who didn't cause their own problem in that sense. Uh, you know, if, if I, have his community, have his community do it. But, you know, to make a big national thing out of it, I, it's, it's, you know, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. And I, it's, again, it's not like anti-Greg and I'm not against helping people out. It's just, oh, of all the charities in the world that Foley and Edge stepping up for this one, it just, it rubbed me the wrong way when I saw those, or it just seemed odd when I saw those first press releases about it or the first statements. Well, I, I should slip this into, I don't know the timeline. With Foley, he was definitely on board from the beginning. Edge, I, yeah. I don't know if he came on board after yeah, Helms declared that he was going to do the, you know, take the public service announcement route or yeah. before. So yeah. I mean, he he might be free of it. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. But I, you yeah. know, I, I certainly hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, very good. Well, that's all I got, Jason. Um, any uh, any closing thoughts or anything from you? Other no, than go, uh, go enjoy the weather and uh, yeah. stay up late and get that newsletter done. Uh, and, and somebody said we should uh, vote uh, no confidence on the Vikings. Um, yeah, well, hey, as long as they, if they, what I don't want to see happen is them just all of a sudden go on this winning streak that costs them a really good draft pick. I, I, I'm being pretty facetious yeah. on Twitter about, you know, the Andrew Luck championship series and all that. I don't think yeah. they're that bad, but yeah. if you're going to be bad, try to be really, really bad. I'm not I know. Games, but as a fan, I, I, I mean, I just, I, I knew they weren't a, a real contender going into the season. I expect them to be competitive and they, they, they have been. They just can't find a way to win. Um, so, now so, so you're I, voting for keeping McNabb as quarterback then? <laughs> you know, I, I, here's the thing, because everybody's yeah. like, man, it's time for a change. Yeah. Do we own Ponder's ready? I mean, honestly, I, I, they may not just want to come out and admit it. He might not be ready to do this just yet. Oh, um, yeah. and, and so if, if he's not ready, why rush him in there in a lost season anyway? There's still 12 games left to play. There's going to be plenty of time for Christian Ponder to get in there. If he's not ready and you want to make a change, then go to Joe Webb. And, you know, yeah. we, we know what he can, is capable of doing and his strengths and weaknesses, but save Ponder for when you think feel like he's ready for the challenge. Yep, I agree. All right, uh... Thank you, Jason. It's always a pleasure talking to you on Tuesdays. And uh, thanks to all the listeners for joining us on uh, Blog Talk Radio, PWTorch.com, and also on the ProWrestling.net side of things. And uh, don't forget, check out the MMA Torch Livecast tonight and the East Coast Audio Show tomorrow after the Pat McNeil edition of the PW Torch Livecast with special guest Rhett Titus. Rhett. What? I, what? Rhett Titus. That's what I said. 
Oh, I thought you said Rex. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Okay. No, no. I, 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 you know, retitis. I, I don't blame you for thinking I might have been wrong on that because I inverted it at, and under the panic of the last five-second countdown on the damn show earlier. Well, um, it's like Tyler Rex. You know, they're or similar. They're very similar. That, well, that's why I got it backwards initially, and then I'm like, wait a second, it's retitis. But then, you know, I was trying to do a sign-off on a live show. Anyway, join Pat McNeil tomorrow where his special guest will either be Tyler Rex or retitis. Tune in to find out. And then uh, Thursday, James Caldwell and Greg Parks. And Friday, I'll be doing the special interview version of the PW Torch Livecast with a special guest yet to be finalized and determined. Until next time, next Tuesday, on behalf of Jason Powell, and until tomorrow, uh, Wade Keller, thanking you for joining us and signing off. Easy for you to say. Apple Podcasts compatibility new with PW Torch VIP Podcasts in 2021. If you're an iPhone user and you want a simple way to access our full VIP Podcast library as new podcasts come out every day, we have good news. New in 2021, single-click compatibility with Apple Podcasts native app on iPhone, CarPlay, your iMac, or your MacBook Pro laptop. Now, as soon as you sign up and become a VIP member, there's a single-click link in your sign-up email that will launch PW Torch's VIP Podcasts in Apple Podcasts. No username, no password to enter. It's as simple as it gets. Go VIP, find out more information on all the benefits that come with the VIP membership at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. And now we not only accept payments through PayPal, but also a direct credit card or debit card sign-up, and also through Patreon. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at pwtorchdailycast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at PWTorchDailyCast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, PWTorchDailyCast.com. One of the really cool parts of being a VIP member is getting to relive history through the pages of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter back issues. We have Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters dating back to the late 1980s. We put a new back issue up from 20 years ago that week. And so when you go VIP, you instantly have access to over 1,500 back issues and a new PDF, along with an all-text version, if it's easier for you to read that on your phone, uh, goes up every weekend. And the latest issues include a cover story from the June 10th, 2000 issue. 
on Goldberg's return to WCW and whether he's a solution to what was ailing WCW at the time. Also, my column titled Vince Russo is from Outer Space and Bruce Mitchell's column, still timely today, unfortunately, of racist gimmicks and poverty pimps was the title. That's issue number 606. The week before that, issue number 605 from June 3rd features a cover story that talks about how there could be a shakeup in the wrestling industry with WCW for sale and ECW having an uncertain future. And also a Bruce Mitchell column spoofing Vince Russo titled, How I Became World Champion. If we go back another week to the May 27th, 2000 issue, it had detailed coverage of the Judgment Day 2000 pay-per-view, including my review and staff roundtable reviews of the Rock Triple H 60-minute Iron Man match, and also the final installment of the Lance Storm Torch Talk with his thoughts on various ECW colleagues. The week before that, the May 20th, 2000 issue, issue number 603, features a cover story on Ric Flair's collapse in the ring during Nitro, part three of the Landstorm Torch Talk, with his explanation for why he decided to quit ECW, our coverage of ECW Hardcore Heaven, the pay-per-view, and more. And then the week before that, the May 13th issue, features a cover story on the changing TV landscape in pro wrestling, with the WWF moving from USA to TNN, and a potential shift of ECW, Also a cover sidebar story on the death of an ECW fan after a hotel party and WCW Slamboree coverage. And the week before that, our coverage from the May 6th issue, number 601, of David Arquette winning the WCW title. My EndNotes editorial examining Vince Russo's controversial decision and flippant comments about title belts. Our coverage of WWE Backlash 2000 and more. I could keep going on, but that gives you an idea of what you're missing out on by not being a BIP member. Imagine settling in on the weekend and uh, kicking back and reading wrestling history, not through the lens of WWE filtering it to their benefit, not through people looking back on it through today's lens, but what was said at the time, the week it happened, by some of the voices that you are familiar with here on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and PW Torch Daily Casts. So go VIP and relive professional wrestling through the way the torch covered it in real time with contemporaneous coverage of pro wrestling's biggest events, biggest news stories, biggest personalities. I think you'll have a blast. It alone is worth the membership price for so many of our members. Check out details on everything else that comes with the VIP membership, including daily podcasts that are VIP exclusive and shows like this with the ads and plugs removed. Go to pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full details. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Prices are as low as $8.25 a month on average if you subscribe for a year or check us out for a month for $9.99. We're now on Patreon. That's right. You can support us and get benefits at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We have three tiers, $4.99, $6.99, and $9.99. The first tier gives you all the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts and Post Shows and the PW Torch Daily Casts with the ads and plugs removed. That membership tier also includes the VIP After Shows that on occasion we put on extended versions for VIP members at the end of the Wade Keller Shows and Daily Casts. And it's compatible with the Apple Podcast app and any other third-party podcast app out there, or you can stream the shows directly from your Patreon app or the Patreon website. Or you can upgrade to Tier 2 for two extra dollars a month and add the Wade Keller hotline to the mix, a daily podcast just for VIP members who support us. Or you can upgrade to Tier 3 and get 
All the Wade Keller podcasts and post shows and daily casts with the ads and plugs removed and the VIP after shows and the Wade Keller hotlines, plus all the other VIP exclusive podcasts and a PDF and all text version of the weekly Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter and a 20 years ago Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter every week. Full details on how to support us and get so much in return with three different tiered options at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. You can still support us directly on our website and get the full VIP benefits for $9.99 a month by going to pwtorch.com slash govip. That has not changed. This is just an additional option for those of you who are familiar with and like supporting creators on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. I launched the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter as a teenager in high school in the late 80s, and I've been covering professional wrestling ever since. It's been my full-time job since the day I graduated college. And I've followed every technology along the way and tried to be on the cutting edge, and one of them has been podcasting. We were doing podcasts before the word podcast was a word. They were just called audio shows for our subscribers. And a cool feature that we introduced last year are flashback Saturday night editions of the Wade Keller Hotline, where every Saturday night we post... Wade Keller Hotlines, all in one file, a week's worth of shows from 10 and 15 years ago. That means uh, you can listen to what I was saying about the news, about Raw, about SmackDown, about TNA, about WrestleMania hype, WrestleMania fallout, controversies, firings, matches that almost happened and why they didn't happen. Every weekend on Saturday night from 10 and 15 years ago. For instance, the April 6, 2006 Wade Keller Hotline had a ton of insider news on the Hulk Hogan-Steve Austin dynamic at the WWE Hall of Fame and the prospects of a Hogan versus Austin match and how close it came to happening at WrestleMania 22, what stood in its way, and what the prospects were of it happening in the future, why Steve Austin said what he said about Hulk Hogan at the Hall of Fame during his Bret Hart intro, and what the backstage interaction was between the two of them. That's just one example of some of the fascinating reporting that was going on, likely before you were listening to some of my free podcasts here. So uh, go VIP. It's one of many, many cool benefits that come with a VIP membership. Get details at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Are you a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling? Then join the New Japan Pride podcast starring Bethany Rubel and Javier Machado with an eye for the action and an eye for the story. We'll keep you abreast of all New Japan shows both in Japan and also covering their American expansion with New Japan Strong. And I'll watch all the Yano matches so Bethany doesn't have to. And I'll watch all of the Ibushi matches. Wait a minute. I didn't script that. <laughs> Listen to our weekly podcast exclusively with the PW Torch VIP membership. Become a member at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Apple Podcast compatibility new. 
with PW Torch VIP Podcast in 2021. If you're an iPhone user and you want a simple way to access our full VIP Podcast library as new podcasts come out every day, we have good news. New in 2021, single-click compatibility with Apple Podcasts' native app on iPhone, CarPlay, your iMac, or your MacBook Pro laptop. Now, as soon as you sign up and become a VIP member, there's a single-click link in your sign-up email that will launch PW Torch's VIP Podcasts in Apple Podcasts. No username, no password to enter. It's as simple as it gets. Go VIP, find out more information on all the benefits that come with the VIP membership at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. And now we not only accept payments through PayPal, but also a direct credit card or debit card sign up and also through Patreon. If you're a wrestling fan, you're a fan of a good story. And if you're looking for a good story, look no further than Stories of Your and Yours. I'm Sean Ennis, and on every episode of Stories of Your and Yours, I narrate a classic or listener-submitted short story, adding music and sound effects to bring the story new flavor. I featured authors such as Edgar Allan Poe, Kurt Vonnegut, Ray Bradbury, Mark Twain, and many more. So don't wait any longer. Download Stories of Your, that's Y-O-R-E, and yours, that's Y-O-U-R-S, today. And if you want to hear clips and get more information, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SYY Podcast. That's stories of your and yours, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post-pay-per-view roundtables dating back to late 2004. Also access to our full archives, thousands of podcasts, over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter that started it all, Add free access to our website and more. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign-up form. It's mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly. In two minutes, you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com.